0: So, we met this dragon queen, huh? And, and she'll only fight beside us if I bend the knee. You spent too much time with the free folk. Now you don't like kneeling. Mansraeda was a brave man. A proud man. The king beyond the wall never bent the knee. How many of his people died for his pride?
1: Welcome once again to You Know Nothing, John Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. I am one of your co hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the US of A, and with me in the state of Michigan, this is Eric. Eric, how's it going, sir?
2: Well, I got to say, as much fun as it was to, uh, to see all you folks out in Connecticut, uh, it's nice to be back in front of my computer with my trusty condenser mic and no pants.
1: There you go. <laughs> that's right that's right wonderful um and in the state of new york whose birthday is today he's 47
3: that's right happy birthday this is jason lloyd no sorry (laughs) one guy with the birthday today uh hi this is mike mike how's it going all right and uh, by the way a shout out to jason lloyd whose birthday is today and to elizabeth catherine gray whose birthday was yesterday
1: that's right. Uh, Jason Lloyd, podcaster for Horror Failure and My Bloody Bits and the Horror Failure Network. He turns 43 today, I believe, so he's a young one. And Catherine, Elizabeth Catherine Gray, uh, birthday was yesterday, uh, yet I do not know how old she is. So I, I 29. There you go. That's, That's a, a safe
3: one. Yeah, point. yeah and Jason Lloyd, of course, as we all know, is the one person who is closer to Phil's heart than, than Sansa. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, he did say he liked the Alien Covenant a whole lot, and that—that's. Ooh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah that might—that
3: might be it. I do Yeah, that'll
1: that's a little questionable. Little questionable. A little, little questionable.
3: That's kind of like Stannis burning his daughter alive.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? He was—he was brainwashed by the witch. She's a be witch. The witch. That's right. Um, now let's see here. We got. Um, uh a couple of things uh Eric you mentioned something about what happened in Connecticut
2: Uh yeah we had our get together on uh, Monday the 21st we all got together uh and we actually uh we got there on Sunday and we were all there on Sunday night to watch Game of Thrones together which was uh Oh let's just say it was frustrating uh <laughs> had some buffering issues going on uh and then uh, we all hung out on Monday and went to see uh, Annabelle Creation together and recorded a podcast on it.
1: Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we are, I already miss you guys. I already miss you guys. Aw. Yeah, well. ended it, it too soon. Ended it too soon. Ended it too soon. It sure did. Um, let's see. We should make this a yearly thing. Ah. Well, you never know.
2: Oh, yeah. It's, just, oh, it's a lot of driving for me. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs>
1: Um, now, uh, uh, tonight we are going to discuss, uh, episode six of Game of Thrones, which is, uh, what do they call that, Mike? The episode before the last?
3: Penultimate. That's right. That's (laughs) right.
2: One of my friends just posted on Facebook about an hour ago that if she sees that word used one more time in a write-up of Game of Thrones, she's just going to stop watching. Well, this is not a write-up. True. True. I was was just laughing because that word got used again.
0: It
1: did, it did, and uh, it's a little different though because this is episode six instead of episode nine, because this season only has seven episodes. They turned Uh, it upside down. They did, they did. There there was uh, a a weird thing. Some people were saying that this episode was not as watched by as as most, but uh, because of leaks and whatnot. But that's not true at all. It got a ten point two four million. Uh, during, yeah, which is Beyond the Wall, this episode, which is the first episode, to my knowledge, that, ever, that was named, renamed like an hour before it it, it became out, uh, which was the original name was Death is the Enemy. And for some reason, they changed it to Beyond the Wall, and I have uh, absolutely no idea. Um,
2: I don't think it really matters.
1: I guess not. Uh, Alan Taylor uh, directed it. Uh, Alan Taylor is a television director of Lost. Uh, Sex and the City, Six Feet Under, Under, uh, Deadwood, whatever. Uh, also uh, directed a few films: uh, Thor, The Dark World, and Terminator Genesis, which was brought up on uh, the podcast, uh, um, the Spoiler Podcast by Joanna Robinson. What's that called again? Uh,
2: Storm of Spoilers.
1: Storm of Spoilers. Yes, yes, and, and, and she mentioned that in a negative term. It was kind of funny. I listened to that episode today. Um, and uh, the episode was written by uh, D- uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, uh, August 20th, 2017. We are recording it on this episode on eight twenty four because of our, our meeting up in
2: Connecticut, as you mentioned, Eric. So we um, didn't, didn't quite have enough time to record two live episodes while we were all there. True, that is true. Um now
1: Eric, uh, before we get into any further Game of Thrones stuff, uh you do a couple other podcasts?
2: <laughs> yes, I do. Uh the other one is the podcast of which this is a spinoff, the Dark Discussions Podcast, your place for the discussion of horror film fiction and all that's fantastic. Uh you can find it at darkdiscussions.com and on Stitcher Google Play and iTunes. The other podcast I do is a general interest podcast that I record and produce myself with my friend Dan. Uh, it's called the Scancity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can also find that on Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes.
1: And, uh, Mike, you do a couple of podcasts and a genre blog you write as well?
3: Uh, my genre blog is Unnatural Selections, www.unnaturalselections.com. Uh, and uh, the other podcast would be Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast that will be returning sometime, uh, hopefully in 2018 with the second season of Westworld, and the other being uh, uh, Searching for American Gods, based on the stars TV series of the same name. And uh, hopefully that will be get. We know that's getting a season two. Hopefully that'll be back next summer and will be or spring and we'll be doing uh, another se- series on that. Uh, I don't know what will happen if both series end up coming back at the same time.
0: Oh that's god! A
1: that's I never a very- even
3: considered that possibility.
1: Yeah, that's 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 a horrible thought, Mike.
3: <laughs> well, because West, <laughs> that was, is a
2: horrible thought,
3: right? We can probably guess that searching for American Gods will be roughly the same time, which was like May and June. Um, but Westworld originally aired last like October and November, uh, and it's being aired later. Probably they haven't given an official air date, uh, but it's, they or it's said back then that would probably be closer to a uh, like a year and a half wait instead of a full year. You know, so hopefully it airs like in the spring or early winter and not like, you know, May and June.
1: Huh. Yeah. So uh, well, hopefully we'll figure that out. Hopefully they won't overlap. Uh, otherwise we'll have to figure out what to do. Uh, fortunately we have some months to to go before we worry about that. Um, now, um, oh, I actually have a, a couple short stories coming out later this year. Uh, um, one called "The Deuce," as a matter of fact, based off of is that "The about Deuce."
2: Somebody taking that dump?
1: Nope it's a it's about the same thing. The new HBO series "The Deuce" is about. It takes place in uh, the seventies, um, no, the eighties, uh, New York City, Manhattan, Times Square, and it's uh, part of the Chud. Um, Anthology by Crystal Lake Publishing. Um, it is, so all the stories are are in the universe of the movie Chud. And uh, mine hmm. takes mine is called The Deuce, and uh, that's coming out uh, later this year. I'm not sure the date. And then uh, next month, uh, Invocations, a horror anthology. Uh, basically, in, um, Invocations is probably somewhat obvious. Basically, I guess incantations of Outer beings or whatever—that's uh, what that anthology is based off of. Uh, that's coming out September seventeenth, and my story in that is called "Penance and Pressure Cookers." Penance and pressure cookers. <laughs> so, um, that's yeah. A weird so. Name. Yes. Yes. Well, it's uh, um, it's uh, has something to do with with um, pressure cooker pressure cooker bombs, maybe.
0: Hmm.
1: Yes. Um, so that's coming out September 17th. Um, and then, uh, here we're, uh, we're, uh, you know, nothing, John Snow, Game of Thrones podcast, uh, under www.darkdiscussions.com, which, uh, folks can, uh, go to and get all our podcasts at the bottom of every page. It links to our email, uh, which is dark at AOL.com. That's the email we use for this podcast as well. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as from the website, darkdiscussions.com. And you also can um, get the RSS feed from any of those places under You Know Nothing, John Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, or just go to uh, the search for Dark Discussions and you can choose that RSS feed and subscribe to that. And then you would get all our podcasts, including uh, this one, You Know Nothing, John Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast um now uh let's see um any any uh news anybody wanted to bring up about uh game of thrones I, I have a couple one is uh entire script leak uh for season eight has been released some folks don't know if it's legit or not or if it's fan fiction but uh it's Uh, has been released within the past two weeks. Uh, So that's out there Um, if folks are curious. um, And what else Uh, of note? uh, The the leaks for season seven, everything that happens in this episode we're going to discuss tonight uh, was spot on. So this person that's doing the leaks um, as you said once Eric is probably someone from the inside of, of the show someone that works on the show um, so that, that was curious to see that so far everything is turning out to be true Do you um, know
2: if the uh, season 8 leak was from the same source?
1: Um, I do not know No, no I'm not sure I'm pretty it sure was. it
2: wasn't um, okay. because Storm of Spoilers that we were referencing earlier uh, has said they know nothing about season 8 um, and they get pretty much all the legitimate leaks. So I think that season eight leak you're referring to is probably just made up. Interesting. Oh, Mike, you say something.
3: Well, I don't know. I was just thinking, uh, do you know what's really depressing on your uh, 47th birthday? What is that? Getting an email for burial insurance. ha, ha, ha. Uh,
2: yeah,
3: which great. which I want to point out, I have literally Wait, never gotten one of these before.
2: Wait a minute, what's burial insurance? Insurance is insurance getting buried alive? No, oh, I th- it's, so it's, like when you die,
3: it ensures that there will be money to cover you when you get buried. Exactly. Oh, okay. I, which I won't be here for. Isn't so. that called life insurance? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a different thing, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but this money, in theory, is only used for the covering of the funeral, I guess.
3: All right, whatever. Yeah. Another uh, scam. And, and, and can, I, can I say something? that I just saw this. I, have, I, I really want to mention it. It has nothing to do with Game of Thrones, but I think many of our listeners would be interested in hearing this because it's just so absurd. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, yeah, sure. If you remember uh, earlier in the year, there was a kerfuffle created because Alamo Draft House uh held some women only screenings for Wonder Woman. Oh,
1: Jesus. oh yeah, sorry I remember that. Yeah, yeah
3: well they're they're out at they're at it again. They're gonna be holding uh for the for once it comes out, they're going to be holding clown only screenings. <laughs>
2: Are you serious or is
3: that a joke? Swear to God. <laughs> like like people who who is there I,
1: I, I don't get it throwback, because there's only, there's 50% of the population happen to be female Wow, I, I don't know how many people actually portray <sighs> clowns, unless you're forced to just dress up as a clown well, well, Yeah, dress yeah, up
3: you, as a clown and get into the screening, yeah, they will only let you into the screening if you're dressed up as a clown
1: oh, okay, interesting
3: apparently someone said it sarcastically uh, when Another they were debating genius. about the yeah. Wonder Woman thing and they said, I think we're going to have to steal that and mm-hmm. lo and behold
0: And
1: is it Alamo that's doing it this Uh, one too?
3: And it's Alamo that's doing this one too.
1: Okay, (laughs) too funny. Well, I I, I guess I guess I would dress up as a clown uh, and to to do it if I could go see it. I guess.
3: Well, it wouldn't be a free screening. You'd still have to pay. Yeah,
1: and I would have to pay for a a clown outfit. So yeah, forget that.
3: Yeah, but I hope they post pictures of that. But I, I, I got, I, I'll give them credit for that. I think that's. Look, I I'm, I I love a cheap publicity stunt, and that this is this is a good one.
1: Yes, yes, it is. Um, actually, I just got an email from uh, a, instant, a message, a text, actually a direct text from MJ Preston, uh, who's uh, um, in in the book Invocations as well, and he uh, said he's going to stop promoting it. So how about that? Uh,
3: he's and by the way, he is not a clown. He is Canadian. There's a difference.
1: There is maybe so, <laughs> um anyway, um, let's see, um, any other news anybody wanted to bring up about Game of Thrones itself anybody
3: uh uh, I was looking and I didn't see anything uh i, I know the I think the name of the next episode is the Dragon and the Wolf
1: mm. oh the uh, the wolf. yes thats that's what I heard too, uh, the dragon and the Wolf, yeah, the dragon and the wolf. Um so that'll be curious that'll be the f- season finale right season yeah. Finale. yeah and, uh, and they that- already re- released
3: the uh, director
1: uh Jer- Jeremy Podeswa so uh, he's a veteran of uh Game of Thrones
3: yeah and there was something cuz i will say there was something about uh i guess spread that George R R, R. Martin was not watching Game of Thrones but the reason he was not watching is he's traveling abroad and he can't see it. He has been watching the series. He just hasn't had the opportunity to do it. But you've got people who, are, who have been complaining about the season, and we'll talk more about that later, uh, and who seem to think that this season has been completely divested of any input from George R. R. Martin. And they're saying they've got no guidance for, because there's no books. But Martin shared the plans for the books years ago with these people. Mm. So I don't know how closely they're sticking to the plan but I, they're I, but they're trying really hard to force as many wedges between the Martins books and the TV series because the TV series has passed by the book, certainly in popularity, also, and obviously Mike, in terms of its timeline.
0: I
1: think some of it also, um, is, at least this is what I've heard on other podcasts, including Storm of Spoilers and, and numerous other ones that I listen to. I listen to about 15 of them now. They said that, Mike, that Another thing is, is that both the the double Ds are being are very disinvested now with the show, and they just want to get the hell out of it and, and move on to something else.
3: And well, I, I don't know who they are, and
1: who's, who's they? What do you mean? Who's I'm saying they? you say
3: they're saying. They're,
1: so who's? Oh, oh, uh, all these other podcast bloggers, in, um, including um, Joanna Robinson. As and a, they're basing
3: this that. on what? Gut feeling. Gut feeling. Yeah. So in other words they don't like what they're doing and they're assuming it's because they're disinterested.
2: I can't speak um, for those folks. They're basing on a little bit more than that on uh you know some of the uh some of the I don't know body posture uh put forth in interviews and such.
3: It still sounds like they're they're I don't I it, it always annoys me whenever somebody starts reading into the motivations of people that they don't actually know. Sort of like when they say, "Well, you know, this guy is, you know, in baseball or football or whatever sucks because he's he's not motivated or he got rich and now he's lazy," and you know, you really don't pa- you don't like Sa- what-
1: Pablo Sandoval.
3: <laughs> okay, but I'm saying you don't really know, with very few exceptions, what is going on with the person behind the scenes, and I and that kind of second guessing just tends to annoy me. You just judge the work that's out there, like it or don't like it. But don't start saying, "Well, they're not interested in this anymore." They're getting paid a shit ton of money to finish this off. They've, they've shepherded it this far. I can't imagine they want to end, you know, what is probably going to be their legacy with, you know, just saying, "Ah, fuck it, who cares?" Mm-hmm. Because they certainly would have other jobs open to them if they were disinterested. They could step aside any time.
2: Well, that's one way to look at it. Yeah. That's
1: what one to look at. I mean, some folks, you know, I mean, rumors are that if HBO had their way themselves, they would just, they would, they would make 10 episode seasons and, and go longer. Um, but you know, again, that's, that's, I guess, presumptions as well rather than, than actual truth. Um,
2: Well, and I'll I'll just put forth what – I'll paraphrase what uh, Joanna Robinson said, um, which makes a bit of sense to me, which is that when they started this whole thing, they started it as an adaptation of existing books, and the first few seasons were very strong adaptations of those books, and they began the project with the hope that in the five years that it took them to put out the first five seasons – that George R. R. Martin would have come out with the next book for them to adapt, but that didn't happen. And so now they're trying to make up the story as they go along um, with just these kind of signposts that George R. R. Martin gave them. uh, And they're, they're not as, that's not their strength. Uh, It's, it's different creative muscles than adaptation. Uh, And and, and that's fair. they, They might be a little bit annoyed, by the fact that they're bringing force to make it up now as opposed to adapting material.
3: I see, I find that a little different than what was said before. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, and by the way, he has said he's not even done writing the book yet, so...
0: Right.
1: All right. Well, uh, is, Hamm- well uh, let me read this uh, uh, message I got from uh, Michelle Barkley, one of our listeners, because it's directly related to what you're saying, Mike. Uh, and uh, here we go. This is what she has to say. She goes, hello there. I wanted to chime in on a few things about the latest Game of Thrones episode. First, yeah, I have to She's say,
2: been dying to talk about this for a week and a half because she watched the leak.
1: Uh, yes, probably. So. Um, first, I have to say that I am really tired of all of the hate going on around this season, especially this late, latest episode. From the oh, social.
2: wait till the end of this episode.
1: From social media to podcasts, people are jumping on the bash wagon. I try listening to a few other Game of Thrones shows, related podcasts, but after this week, I will be just listening to you guys, or you gents, actually. That's how much hate this week's show has been receiving. I'm not going to get into all the complaints from others, but the main one is the travel time in episode six.
2: Yeah, we'll be talking about that.
1: Holy hell. People are figuring out how long it would take for ravens to fly, dragons to come, etc., I keep hearing this season as being jet-packed or Game of Thrones on crack. What part of the showrunners saying they only wanted to do two more seasons do you not understand, people? We only have so many hours left to tell this story, and there's so much to tell. Would it have advanced the story if we would have have more th- three more episodes just to make sure the timeline travel fit? I don't think so. People taking the showrunners to task as being bad writers, this is this to me is pretentious douchebaggery. The double d s went from adapting this story to having to write it two different things George R.r R. martin they are not I agree, but they know the end game and are getting us to the home plate, giving us ends to threads that have been woven for twenty years let 's face it if Martin pa- passes before his latest book comes out his story is incomplete at least the show will give us the completion i loved the episode for many reasons the conversation between the men when walking john offering long claw back and of course jorah being the honorable sexy beast that he is
0: Ah!
1: (laughs) knows it was given to john and belongs to him i love you sir jorah the conversation between Torman and the Hound was hilarious. I rewatched that scene over and over. Never gets old. I wonder when Danny is going to realize that maybe Tyrion isn't the hand for her. Him telling her not to go infuriated me. I understand his point of view, but his willingness to let those men die was frustrating. And I'm sorry, Tyrion, last episode you were up in arms about Danny burning people alive who was responsible for the wildfire at Blackwater Bay. At least Danny's dragons incinerated Atali's. Wildfire is like napalm. It just keeps burning and burning. The death of Viserion was soul-crushing. I knew that at some point. One of her dragons would meet its demise. But seeing it happen was heartbreaking. The utter look of shock on her face as he fell and the look of the men sitting behind her, wow, Tormund's face every time he sees a dragon is awesome. It's how we would all react, I think. The chemistry between Jon and Dany is, int- is intense. The way Jon spoke to her after he called her queen, respect and love for his woman who is fearless and has just lost one of her children speaks volumes. I'm sure Sansa will have her panties in a bunch about him doing that, so hopefully we see her get roasted by Drogon next season. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. I had to. For Christ's sakes. Last last thing, the scenes between Arya and Sansa. These two have been apart since they were young girls, children. They were totally different people then and are now. The last Arya saw Sansa, she thought she was supporting Joffrey's decision to lop off their father's head. When Jakon heads to Braavos and asks Arya to go, she mentions that she has to find her brothers and pauses and says, with some disappointment, and my sister too. She has many resentments that she has harbored for Sansa, and that won't go away just because she finally sees her. I do feel, though, that Arya is playing Littlefinger and letting him think he has an upper hand. She can read Sansa and can tell when she's lying or telling the truth. Littlefinger hasn't had any speaking lines with Arya, I think he knows to avoid her because she will be able to call him out. So while we are led to believe that, I, that little figure played Arya, I still feel it's the other way around. That is all for now. I'm counting down the days to the next episode and can't wait to hear your you gents' discussion on this one. Michelle
2: Barker. All right, well, that's our episode for tonight. Thank you. Come back. <laughs>
3: yeah we're going to touch on most of that later. The only thing I don't know that we're going to touch on or we're going to touch on was tyrion um, yeah. Yeah. I, I i have to defend his his telling Danny just not to go because mm. there was no risk to leaving the the Tarleys alive. Um, He's killed the people at the Blackwater because they were attacking the castle, and when they got in, they were going to kill a whole bunch of people himself included um here you had seven men who volunteered to go on a suicide mission basically uh, and they all knew it or at least we all knew it in the audience so we assume they kind of knew it too Um, and here was the queen willing to go out and put her own life at risk to save seven people who probably and we'll talk about this in a little bit would already be dead so I, I can certainly understand the decision not to throw good good bodies after Dead Ones.
2: And I I just would like to say that uh, uh, I disagree with Michelle on her whole uh, it's not fair to criticize the show. Um, it, I think it's absolutely fair to criticize the show because it's not as good as it used to be. That's I,
1: nice. I, no, that's fair. I, I do have to give Michelle credit, though, because last week she defended George R.R. R. Martin, because of the, all the same people on on the internet were ripping him, and she sent us an email uh, uh, defending him, and and uh, so she's she's a supporter of, of all GOT people, I guess. Uh, but yes, you're you're absolutely right, Eric. Um, everybody has a, a right for a certain viewpoint, and some people are, are worrying that the series may be turning into a final season of lost or Dexter and, and people will be disappointed. Um, so I, and and, you know, that's, that's a major concern for, for anything, I guess. Right. I mean,
3: mm-hmm. well, can we talk about then this now, it's a, which is sort of a general statement about the, the episode?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this is a, this is a very divisive episode. I've heard people say this is an awesome episode and I've heard people say this is one of the five worst episodes of all time. So, yeah, there's a a really weird, wide range of opinions. Uh, But go ahead, Mike. You wanted to start Well, I think
3: think we'd be fooling ourselves if anyone tried to say that this is the same show we tuned into in Season 1. And you and I are kind of watching from the beginning. You're a couple of episodes ahead of where I am right now. Uh, We're both in Season 4. And, yeah, it's a very different show. I think there are a lot of the the specific complaints uh people are lodging i could make arguments about back then too just in a different way meaning about the timelines uh because you have like jamie was supposed to be locked up with the starks for a year now when he finally gets released by caitlin stark it didn't look like he'd been sitting in a cell for a year he certainly was fairly well groomed for a man who said he'd been sitting his own shit for a year He's wearing the same clothes the whole time. It just um, There's all sorts of places where how long in was, were Sam and Gilly wandering around the north? I think that's the other case where it's the flip side where because of reality and the actors getting older, they had to play it out like far more time passed than really did. It doesn't feel like it when you're watching the show, certainly not back to back. But every now and then somebody chimes in with, oh, well, we've been fighting this war for two years now. Uh, and I'm, ironically after that's Rob Stark who says that and like right after that there's a scene with Sansa saying that she, uh, where Tyrion asks how old Sansa is and Sansa had said at the beginning of season 1 that she was 13 and in the middle of season 3 she says she's 14 right after Rob Stark says that this war they've been fighting since the end of season 1 has been going on for two years so there are obviously time issues and have always been time issues with this show um, it's just that right now it's a very different time issue because it's a matter of it collapsing on itself rather than being overly stretched out. But we all know they were, we, we were hearing the complaints and making them ourselves of just get this storyline over with already, whether it was Arya going through her training or them just wandering around the north aimlessly and how long does it take Jon to get back to Castle Black? And um, there, there were a lot of complaints on the opposite side. The tone of the show is different. The tenor of the show is different. You're also no longer in a position where you're world building. Right where you're learning, you're going to new places, meeting new people, learning new things. And that's necessary because you're in the final act. But I can't blame people for being disappointed that the show they're watching now is not the show they've been watching all along.
1: Well, that's a fair point, too.
3: Um,
1: But, you know, uh, back to what I said earlier, where HBO if they had their choice, they would take the last two seasons and maybe expand it to 20 or even 30 episodes. Then I, I think the, the change in, in, um, storytelling wouldn't be as drastic, even if it is being adapted, uh, from notes rather than actual books. Because we can argue, or you know, that some of the best episodes we've seen have been post books and based off of George R. R. Martin's notes rather than his finished product.
2: That's a good point, Bill.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, one this Like, se- uh, At uh, least-
2: Winter, Winter was a fantastic episode.
1: Absolutely, and one this season, right? Um, the 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 Battle of of the the Train whatever it was called, uh, the, the loot train, the loot train. Yeah. That, I mean, that wasn't say. the episode name, was it?
3: No, no. no I, I got to
1: look it up. I think the name too, but, but some people say that's one of the best episodes of all time too. So, uh, a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot of C episodes have been post. Oh, hard home is another one, right? Mm-hmm.
0: That's,
1: that's post book, uh, John Snow being killed post. I mean, coming back from the dead, uh, the battle of the bastards, you know, on and on. So, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, it's. I don't think, Mike. I don't think this is a, a debate that will ever be won, right?
3: No, and I, I see. I think I, I'm one who thinks at the beginning of a, of a story will feel different than the end of the story. We're in the end of the story, so it's naturally going to feel different. Some people like the stuff that happens at the beginning, uh, like we've talked. Uh, Eric, you said you're a sucker for a good uh, origin story, or you know, uh, I believe you were the one that said that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, and I always like those too, so I enjoy those parts of the stories. Other people like the, the ending stories, and other pe- and not a lot of people are big fans of the middle. But um, the only thing I would say with HBO is that what we don't know, they maybe want more episodes because every week that gets more, them more ratings. We don't know that they wanted to spend more money.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And when you're at this point in the series, you've got three basic considerations, I think. One is the age of the actors, Right. When you have a lot of kids in this show, you don't want you don't want, we don't want to see Sansa going through menopause right by the time the series is over.
1: <laughs> right. Um, I mean, so, one one thing, if I could interject right there, Mike, is is the difference that Bran, especially out of all the young actors, looks like now compared to when he was a, uh, a toddler, not a toddler, but, you know, whatever age he was on season one, because um, uh, that was a drastic change, especially yeah. when, when he had that one season that he didn't even appear. You know, and that pushed him a year older, and we hadn't seen him in over a year. Never mind between seasons. So uh, I see your point there. So uh, continue. And right.
3: and, all, and I don't think that much time has passed in the books, right? I don't think uh, they're supposed to be th- be that much older than they are wherever they left off in the books, which I guess would be the end of season five. I don't believe that we have. Uh, let's say at that point, Bran was like sixteen. You know, which I don't think he was supposed to be. I think he was still, still supposed to be like twelve. Um, the second thing is you have the contracts of the actors, right? A lot of the actors are going to want to go do different things. They're going to want to branch out. They're going to want to parlay this fame they have into more money. And if you're going to keep them on the, on playing game of Thrones, they're going to want to get more money in their pockets and it gets harder and harder to keep those actors around and pay them. And if they're important, if you're Jon Snow, right, you can recast, uh, Dario Narhalis. You can't really recast Jon Snow at this point. So he's got you over a barrel and can pretty much demand whatever he wants. I think they're getting paid each something like a half a million dollars, the main actors. And this is not a small – per episode, that's not a small cast. Um, And then the third thing is simply uh, you know, what's the budget per episode and the actors being a factor in that. But these are big episodes. So if they're one of – if you're going to be telling a story where – and by the way, looking at the early seasons – there are a lot of the effects don't hold up nearly as well as what we're seeing like this week.
1: Especially the wolves. Oh my God.
3: The wolves, yeah. Some really bad shots of the wolves, some, some wonky stuff with the dragons. Um, you know, it just, it's, it's a matter of being several years earlier in a much smaller budget. But they don't have unlimited time. They don't have unlimited resources. So I could very easily imagine HBO wanting 10 episodes for the same amount of money, but then you're not going to get the train battle, uh, the loot train battle. You're not going to get uh, what we had tonight, or well, not tonight, but in this episode, or you're going to get a lot less of it, right? I mean, it's, um, it's it's limits. They have to they have to pick and choose what they can they do. And you know, right now, Game of Thrones is bigger than ever. It's getting bigger ratings than ever. And some people say, well, it's because it's you know a lot more fan service now. Well, it's paying off. A lot of storylines fans have been saying. For a long time. I mean, remember when they said, hurry up, get John and Danny together, get John and Danny together, get John and Danny together. Oh, slow down, slow down, not so fast. Now that they're here. So. Right.
1: Well, sp- speaking of um, uh, positives and negatives, let's um, what's, what's hear from another person. Uh, Eric, you, we have an email from Sh- Sean Fox.
2: Yes, we do. I, I will read it now. Hello, gang. This is a more somber email after the events of Sunday night's episode. Well, it happened. It really happened, and now this is my sad response to the death of Viserion. Yes, Thoros died from the help of a white polar bear attack. Yes, Gendry is a marathon runner. Yes, the Night King is an Olympic-level ice javelin thrower who also has North of the Wall Home Depot on speed dial for enormous chains as you never know when you might need to pull a dragon out of a frozen lake. In a week where this episode that got leaked early by HBO Spain, to reading and going through many reviews that seemed none too pleased or forgiving with the overuse of artistic license, a.k.a. plot holes the size of a dragon pit, by the showrunners and director in this episode. That aside, all I took was the sadness of watching poor Viserion murdered in a feat worth rolling a natural 20 with three criticals to follow. Yes, Viserion is now the mount of the Night King, and it will be cool to see just what the newly whited Viserion will do in the service of the misunderstood soon-to-be ruler of Westeros and beyond. But it was really sad seeing Viserion killed and later Benjen sacrifice as well. I guess the white hunt battle ties in with Danny's earlier vision of being north of the wall, and what could have been her hearing Vesyrian's death cry. All I fear now is which of the remaining dragons will die before the story is finished. How Cersei will screw shite up for all the people of Westeros because she is so completely consumed by her own madness and arrogance. The only happiness I took from all this episode was Tormund's insightful takes on life north of the Wall that could be applicable in my neck of the woods, even today, lol. Well, that and the truly genius revelation greater than Jon Snow's true lineage, return of dragons, or even that there is a cure for greyscale, the statement that gingers are beautiful. Even in all the sadness, madness, and death, Tormund gave his soulless ginger, north of the wall, hope in my heart. We now move onward to the last episode of this season, and all the tragedy, tears, and wringing of hands at the f- faith of the Seven that shall befall us all, especially if we have to wait until 2019 for the last season. Thanks, as always, for your work, time, and banter. I await Sunday night with anticipation and fear all at once. LOL. Sean from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Sean. Uh, um, so, Eric, what do you think? Uh, his comments. Uh, do you think he's uh, fair as well?
2: Um, I mean... Yeah, he's 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 got some of the same thoughts I do uh, <laughs> about the convenience of the whole uh, uh, the whole battle north of the wall there, but uh, we'll get into that later.
1: Yeah, um, Mike, I know that you said uh, anybody who's had complaints with some of the, the the episodes or or this entire season or even some of the season five or wherever there's been weak spots, um, you've always said that the worst episode of Game of Thrones is still better than probably 99% of everything else that's on TV.
3: Well, I think so. And I think this is, I mean, you look at the biggest art plot hole, debatable pothole in this episode. Um, it's about, you know, an issue of time, which only people who have, know the map of Westeros would realize is going to be an issue um which is i don't know what percentage of the audience but it's not the entire audience so if you're not aware of that then a lot of that those complaint that complaint kind of vanishes um and a lot of other things i think fans are debating whether they are legitimate choices or not legitimate choices i'm sure we're going to get into some of that tonight um so you know, it's a matter of how you choose to see it, how you choose to see certain characters, whether things are plot holes, untrue to characters, or true to characters, or you know, P- P- or is it people being picky, or, or however you get to it. But I still think this is better than you know, and it, it certainly is a, a fairly gripping piece of entertainment. You know, where you really have to stop and kind of think about it and analyze it before you start coming up with issues. There's not a lot of stuff that just jumps right out and Slaps you in the face. I mean, I think like last week, you know, we had debates over uh, or criticisms of the quality of the dialogue and how they moved certain storylines along that felt cheap and lazy. That was that's that was very uncharacteristic of Game of Thrones, but it wasn't something that we had to stop and think about. It was sort of like, eh, that's kind of a weak argument there about having to go risk your lives to run up north and grab a a a white, right? It was it, it was self evident. You don't usually get that with Game of Thrones.
1: Right, yeah, that's true. Now, um, I guess let's go around and discuss our thoughts of this this episode in general, not specific scenes. Uh, why don't you start, Mike? Uh, since, since, again, it'll be curious to see where everybody is because of how, you know, the, the whole world is, is, you know, you throw, throw, have a dartboard in front of you and throw a dart, and, and you're most likely to hit as equal percentage no matter who you hit, you know, what number you hit on the dartboard, so...
3: Um, first of all, I think we, we should let the audience know we watched this together. Um, we were, we had met up in Mystic and we went back to my hotel room to watch this with, along with Abe Spiney and, uh, we had to watch it using, uh, my Roku stick, which <clears throat> used the wonderful hotel internet service, huh. which, uh, honestly, was not a problem except between the hours of, you know, nine and 11, on Sunday night, Go uh, where, yeah, for reasons I think we could figure out. So we were constantly being interrupted. We had to pause, and we figured out it was just easier to pause, let the episode buffer a bit, and then we could watch. But we had to like watch that first scene with Sansa and Arya twice in like twenty second chunks. So <laughs> before we, we finally got to it. But also, just look us being able to sit there and watch it added something to the experience that. Uh, at least for me, that I don't get from a normal watching of an episode of Game of Thrones sitting at home. So I yes, enjoyed it, it had a lot.
2: Drawbacks, like Phil trying to defend Sansa the whole time.
3: Right, but I think, see, I got the sense that we all really kind of enjoyed the episode while we were watching it, but again, that could simply have just been the the company we were keeping um, coloring how we watched it, and the, 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 uni- the experience and atmosphere. So I did really like this episode. I thought this was a much better episode than last season, than last episode, um, I there will be things that I could, could, could nitpick but in general I felt like the dialogue was really well done characterization was I thought very well done uh, and I think this is one of the stronger episodes of the season myself so that's it
2: um, I enjoyed the episode uh, it had some problems uh, Mike says nitpicks I say legitimate problems <laughs> uh, I do think it was better than last episode for sure uh, but I don't think it measured up to episode four or even even close. Um, I did enjoy some of the conversations that happened north of the wall. That was cool. Um, uh, but some of the stuff is a little uh, a little troublesome. Uh, we'll get into it as we do a uh, scene-by-scene review. But uh, all, overall, I enjoyed the episode. Um, but I do understand some of the complaints people have. All
1: right, very good. Um yeah, I um uh, um I, I guess I liked it a lot, to be honest. Uh, I um I didn't like any of the Winterfell stuff. I thought that all was terrible. Um, all, um so that that was bad. Um all in all I enjoyed everything beyond the wall, um, except for um the red shirts and we'll discuss that. Um later and then um, a couple of other things that a lot of people are really upset about or, or think were stupid um, I, I can see that for sure but um, they didn't bother me when I was watching and re-watching the episode um, so uh, I I, uh, it's, it's, I would say it's in the top third favorite episodes uh for me and and it's not um near the bottom like like a lot of people have been saying um so yeah um i'm 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 game with it i'm i'm okay with it um so all right so uh, that's pretty much where we stand so folks uh, will know um what to expect but uh what we're going to be talk positive and negative so i'm i'm not too worried about um uh anything no, I mean, no one should be offended, right? I mean, if we show points that were disliked, because again, we're all fans of the show and we still like that. Part. If anybody
2: is offended by our opinions, they probably should have stopped listening a long time ago.
1: That's a fair point as well, Eric. Yeah, yep, fair point. Um, all right, so uh, let's uh, discuss. Um, wh- what did you guys think of uh, the opening? Uh, it was curious that they would show the Dragonstone table um, that looks like Westeros first, because when uh, I've heard all these complaints since it's, it's maybe laugh because it actually shows this humongous distance that it takes to get from Dragonstone to basically (laughs) almost hard home and, and back. And so a lot of the, I mean, I mean, if you really think about the, it... The
2: episode kind of sets
3: up its own complaints.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's how
2: I felt after
1: rewatching it.
2: Um, so well, that, the only uh, problem
3: is that the map they show you doesn't have a scale.
2: Well, and that's the problem about all of this time-slash-travel... Not time travel, time-travel, time-slash-travel uh, conversation.
3: Yeah, I think one of the problems we have in any and keep them track of Game of Thrones, and it makes, sort of makes sense in terms of the, the, the world they created, is that they talk about years, and we don't know how the hell they count years. Right? We count years as like, you know, from one winter to the next winter. Right? We go through four seasons, that's a year. You know, or a cycle of the sun. So what the hell are they using in Westeros? Because they no. have summers that last for three years. Right, or five years, or twenty years, or whatever it is. So this has always been a hard way. Like you couldn't see through course of the a season that the seasons change. We've been watching the seasons change for the course of uh, seven seasons. And so, conditioning in this world, that's oh, that's, we we start in the summer and now we're in winter. This has been a four to six month story, except for the fact that brand has had a huge growth spurt. Yep. So that's always been a problem. Uh, Distances has always been a problem. Some episodes it takes, you know, three days to go from Winterfell to the Wall. Other episodes it happens in a cut. You know, and and in between scenes. Right, right. Uh, Which is what happened when Tyrion returned from the Wall in the first season.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, and and at the heart of all of the complaints about the... uh, time uh, basically um uh we'll discuss details of the scenes later but uh, the the basis of all the complaining about travel in this in this episode is that uh john and gang get stuck north of the wall and they're trapped uh outside mind you <laughs> north of the wall freezing fucking cold uh and have to send somebody to run back to eastwatch to then send a raven to Danny, and then for Danny to ride north on her dragons uh, to come save them. And nobody really understands what period of time that was supposed to take. And if it was longer than a day, <laughs> I, I, I would dare to say that they probably would have frozen to death. And if it was less than a day, that uh, introduces some serious questions about the uh, flight speed of ravens and dragons. Uh, so I think that's the whole basis of the complaints about travel and time.
3: Well, someone figured out, <clears throat> using what we know about raven flight, although apparently in the books they say that the ravens and uh, Westeros are specifically bred to be, I guess, a little bigger and faster than what we would have as ravens. So but, like an African raven versus a European raven? Right, yeah, and there's been, there's been no shortage of jokes about that. We made plenty of them ourselves in the hotel room. Uh, but they said if it's if it, you're dealing with, I don't remember if they used 1,500 miles or 2,000 miles, they basically plotted out that if the dragon flies as fast as a raven, and I can make an argument it would probably maybe fly a little faster, mm-hmm. that the whole thing could have happened in four days. And I'm... And if that's plausible, you know, it sounded like the math is fine. I'm fine with that. But then you get the question of, well, how did they survive for the four days? Right. And that that would be more of my issue. But then you get into, and this is where I I would rather them complain about the storytelling rather than complaining about the writing. Because there's a lot of factors involved in the writing and the storytelling that the writers have no control over. Um, But um, do we want to sit there? You're building up tension, you're building up drama in the way these scenes are cut together. Stopping to show them, you know, eating rations or setting a fire, does that take away from the the, the dramatic tension they wanted to build up in the scene to lead to that that finale that, you know, got people's jaws dropping? I don't know. Would it have been better to do it? Maybe. It certainly would have quelled quelled some of the, the criticisms, but at the same time, it could just as easily have... Um, you know, to cut out any of the dramatic tension that they'd been building up to at that point. We don't know what they did or what they didn't do or what judgments were made and when.
2: See, the thing is, though, they could have killed all of that with a 30-second conversation between Jon Snow and, and somebody else. How long does it take to get the Raven back? Oh, it takes this long. Oh. Well, dragons are even faster than ravens, Raven, so she will, she'll be back in this amount of time. Boom. Done. That's, that's all. That's my point. They yeah. could have addressed it and they chosen not to.
1: Right. Well, th- right. And that's been a problem. This season is uh, a lot of unanswered questions. I mean, I mean, the lowest nitpick has been uh, when, how do they know Gendry is the fastest, right? Um, but um, people have complained about that too. <laughs>
2: no, I think that's a silly nitpick.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, it, He's the that's...
2: youngest. send it.
1: Right. Right. And, and, and who knows? I mean, there's been a few, well, that's another thing, right? The boat that brings them there and then the walk, I mean, they probably figured it out by then and that probably took a few, a few weeks. And, and of course, you know, everything that happens in this episode, um, again, it's a, it's a, the time thing, I guess. Uh, but I don't know. I think we've, uh, I mean,
2: so I think, I think the best way to approach this episode is, is to talk about the scene between uh, Tyrion and Danny back at Dragonstone, then talk about uh, Sansa and Arya at Winterfell, and then everything else is north of the wall. So, so if we tackle the small two first, then we can just have the rest be north of the wall. Does that sound good? Sure. Yep. Yeah. All right. So we get the scene between we get the scene between uh, Danny and Tyrion back at Dragonstone, and they're sitting in front of a fire, having a nice heart to heart um and Danny actually accidentally makes a short joke about Jon Snow and then realizes she's talking to Tyrion and feels bad <laughs> and then uh we get this whole back and forth between them where basically Danny questions Tyrion's loyalty saying you're you're thinking like your family and he's like well I should think like my family because that's what you're supposed to do is figure out how your enemy is thinking so you can defeat them Right, so you're taking their side. Well, yeah, and, and she's ah, Danny's biggest problem, uh, and this could be said of several people in this in this show, but uh, her ego is humongous, and uh, sometimes it gets in the way of rational thinking, and that's what's going on
3: here. Well, Danny, I think, and someone on the podcast was just made a good point that she she is emotional. Right, and uh, I don't mean to say this in some sort of negative. Women or more emotional than men. Comment. Uh, it's just that's what she is. She she feels strongly about things. You know, we have to free the slaves. Whether or not it mm, always makes sense to do it in the way that she wants, she has to punish the people. Maybe it's not always the most just way to punish the people that she wants to punish, or the wisest way to punish the people. Um, but she she lets her emotions do a lot of her thinking for her and that's not always the right thing Tyrion is probably on the opposite spot right now where he, he overthinks and maybe over, is overly cautious and she points that out mm-hmm. and that's why the two of them probably would in the end make it work well together
2: right but basically I think um Danny's a little rash here and Tyrion is being a little overcautious but she should still take what he says uh into consideration
1: i don't know i be honest because i've, I've lost c- complete faith in Tyrion as a hand however you're right i mean she still should at least listen to him and then make her own judgment based off of his history and you know you can be uh a murderer and say don't kill Mm-hmm. and and that's true you don't you shouldn't kill even if you are, even if the murderer is the one that's telling you don't kill so even if Tyrion's a buffoon and he tells danny something it still could be right even if he's been a buffoon basically all this season and last season as a as a hand well, so, i think buffoon's a little strong
2: he certainly yeah, but, hasn't been his best
1: right right exactly yeah I'm, obviously I'm, I'm i'm hyperbole there but um, obviously there is some issues and her trust in his judgment or leadership is a little less. Plus she still has now a concern that he may be, um, still, um, supporting the Lannister family, uh, not necessarily Cersei's, but the Lannister family in general and their bannermen just for the fact that, um, uh, in her eyes, his interest to communicate with Jamie and so forth has, has haunted her a little bit in trusting him, I guess.
2: Well, and I kind of get it. But at the same time, yeah, really, doesn't she get that? It's his brother. Yeah.
3: Um, can we remember her thing. family? Well, OK, that, that's a point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, but this is this is this is part of the problem. And we're going to come up. I mean, this is something that's going to come up in a little bit. Uh, with the Aryan Sansa thing. She's been overseas the entire series. She doesn't know Westeros. She knows what she's heard, what she's been told. Well um, is that she cute, doesn't though? wasn't she on Westeros at the very beginning of the series? Yeah, she was a, a young girl that was kind of that had to be hidden away or she would have been killed. She was a teenager. But she didn't know, I mean, look at all the events that her friend She, she doesn't know what's happened like, to Tyrion, what his real story is other than what he's told her. All right? I, I mean I, I, how, I get
2: and, that. I, I'm just pointing out that she did have 13 years on the continent. That's all. It's not like she's completely uh, it's not like these are completely unknown ways to her. Well, she was um, also I'm, never, I'm, never I'm, raised to
3: be, to be a ruler like Viserion supposedly would have been. She was raised to be a bride to be sold off.
1: I'm I'm calling follow here because because Eric has to bring up well she was only a teenager but whenever Sansa does something wrong and I bring the fact up she's only a child I I,
2: I didn't say she was only a teenager I said she was there for thirteen years so she uh, knows some stuff all right well you're twisting my words so go fuck yourself no no
1: one can ever attack me about Sansa again
2: bullshit I will attack you every single episode about Sansa. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right, and I I'll, I'll repeat you Eric. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> all right, all right. All right, now that's over. So, well, there
3: um, well, there, really there are certain things me. There are, there are certain things that are bad calls, uh, like just not knowing not being aware of things. I'm not saying that she's right. I'm saying I can understand how she would not know what's going on. It doesn't make her right. As mm. opposed to, I don't know, lying about someone and getting them murdered. That's a whole other thing.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> <sighs>
1: I don't know. I just... All right, so well, yeah. The whole
2: Danny and Tyrion thing ends up with basically uh, there's a cutaway to uh, what we'll be talking about north of the wall later, and then they cut back after Raven's been sent to Danny, and Danny is uh, getting on Drogon to go to the, the north of the wall, and Tyrion is lecturing her about how she shouldn't do that because she's the queen, and they'll be lost without her if something bad happens to her. And some something bad very well could happen to her if she if she goes and enters in the middle of this battle, which she already did once and was basically very lucky to have escaped unscathed. Uh and he's got a point, but she's being Danny and won't listen to him and takes off on her dragon.
1: Well, again, this comes down to the fact that she's now thinking that Tyrion has ulterior motives because um, I, why do I you know. care?
2: I, I don't think I don't think she's suspecting he's trying to sabotage her. I think she's just unsure of how reliable his advice is at this point.
3: Well, that, right that's, because because he just he just cost her two big battles against his own family. So is he being as ruthless as he could be if it wasn't his family?
1: Ooh, that's a good point, and also the fact that because. He's not being as, quote-unquote, ruthless. Um, Maybe he has an ulterior motive. And, of course, he doesn't, and we know that. Just as we know that Sansa and Arya, or at least Sansa, doesn't have any ulterior motive either. But the showrunners are trying to make a wedge between Arya and Sansa, just as they're doing it with Tyrion and Danny. I think. It's just that it's not as prominent... But I think it's the same issue where they're trying to force something that really isn't there. And I think that well, may just be bad writing. Or,
2: no, no, there's a significant difference, Phil, which is that in the case of Danny and Tyrion, you're absolutely right. It's the, it's the showrunners uh, developing that. Uh, but in the case of Sansa and Arya, uh, Littlefinger is the one driving that wedge intentionally.
1: Right. Okay, that's a fair point. It's just that they're, I guess, the showrunners... Have n't haven't, haven't uh, built it strong enough like they have done in, in prior seasons when things like this have happened. At least in my opinion.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, so it appears that Mike, you, you probably agree with me that Danny's opinions are more apt. In other words, we we agree a little bit more with Danny than Tyrion, or at least we can see Danny's point
3: i think she's frustrated and and i th- and i can understand her from that point of view i don't know that necessarily she's right but of course Tyrion hasn't been making the best case for himself either he's say the problem is part of the problem is Tyrion is trying to play chess and they're in the middle of a brawl that's not <laughs> the time to play chess right he <laughs> saw so so, pretty good analogy and and he's tra- he's trying now to be fair, right? He, what was the last war they fought? Was the War of the Five Kings, and how would they win that? They didn't win it by having more forces. They didn't win it because they outspent their opponent or out-strategized. They won because of trickery, right? Mm-hmm. That they they got Robb Stark killed at the Red Wedding, and then really just uh, what's in Stannis blew himself up, and you know they they didn't really do win through a traditional tactics. Well, here. He's on the opposite side. They've got the overwhelming numbers. They've got the overwhelming force. You don't need to be coy to win that. Right. And he's trying to be coy. And I do think that part of it is that his biggest point of pride in this series up to this point has been winning the Battle of the Blackwater. Mm -hmm. He saved that city. He knows he saved that city. And he doesn't want to burn it down in flames now that he's saved it.
2: Well... Yeah, that's part of it. And also, uh, as questionable as some of his advice to Danny at this point may be, I do think he had a very valid point in that uh, if Danny just goes in with her unsullied and dragons and levels the city, uh, she's going to have a lot harder time getting people to uh, follow her willingly than if she takes a different tactic.
3: Right, it's the, the they also have to win the peace, right? Danny wants, yeah. and this is a big thing. And by the way, notice um, there's a lot of talk of babies and children in this episode. That's true. Um, Another
1: and, Chekhov's gun.
3: Yeah, sort of, because well, I mean, we did have Chekhov's sperm. Chekhov's sperm. We had we had Cersei last week or two weeks ago. Last week, right? Reveal she's pregnant. Um, but we get a number of conversations about fathers and sons and, and relationships and family and going north of the wall. Uh, but here you said, well, she's reminding us, I can't have babies, right? And Tyrion's saying, maybe we need to think about what will happen if you don't make it through this, you know, or right. what comes after you. And mm-hmm. Danny, being a normal human being, doesn't want to talk about her own death. Right. And the idea that she's not, that there's a chance that even though she's made it through the first five books of the George R. 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 Martin series, that she forgets George R. R. Martin is an ass and he could kill her tomorrow. Huh. So she doesn't want to talk about who succeeds well, her.
2: And there's also the fact that two of the references about babies in this episode were directly in relation to Jon Snow. Uh, Danny right. mentions the fact that she can't have babies to Jon Snow, and Jory makes a comment to Jon Snow about passing Longclaw down to his children. So, I'm calling it now. uh, Danny and John John are going to do it before they find out they're related and they're going to have a miracle baby.
3: I'm wondering if that's going to be the case. See, I'm wondering if if the fact that Danny can't have children will result in some other sort of arrangement. Right? That it'll be someone else on the throne or someone to to succeed them. So, there is a line of succession.
1: Well, you know what, though? some crazy dumbass witch she's a witch she's uh, a witch said that she can't have any more children this is a woman that she spared her life from being raped and murdered by Dothraki and then that woman pulled all that shit on her on season 1 and then says you can't have any more kids but that i mean it's not like like, there's a chance, I mean, obviously she's been banging Dario Naharis and maybe a few other folk we don't know about, but, but that doesn't mean, necessarily mean that she can't have children that, you know, the witch could have, she's a witch, could have just <laughs> lied, you know, I mean, I mean, we're just taking the word of some crazy idiot.
2: Well, is it? I I mean, mean, yeah, but that same crazy idiot did kind of like, uh, <laughs> kill droko so, she, she, was, she wasn't completely making shit up.
3: Right, so, and, I, and I have to think that they wouldn't have her say this. This is not the first time this has come up. That they wouldn't have been telling us this for a couple of seasons now if they just to say, ha ha, fooled you.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's how the show's been working, right? Whenever they bring up something, it, it comes back later as truth. So, that's a fair point, Mike. Maybe they keep on well, at least this up. To remind us that, yeah, what you know, there's a problem if she, if she ever lands up on the throne. Well, even if she doesn't land up on the throne, I mean, she's one of the, the little little uh, brigades out there, and, and if she dies, who takes over?
3: Right. And by the way, I mean, if it, maybe I mean maybe she knows what what was it the phrase that Cersei used? Maybe she hasn't had her red flower in a couple of years, yeah. which would be which would be a, a clue that. Yeah, She's not okay, going to have babies.
0: Yeah.
3: Now, we don't know for sure. There's always the pos- you know, because we're not her OBGYN. Um, and we... I honestly we probably knows. Yeah, it is known. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not... Anyway. Do, do not... <laughs> Do not disturb the Khaleesi. It's a bad time. <laughs> so basically, uh, the
2: Tyrion Danny thing wraps up with her taking off uh, to fly north with her dragons to uh, rescue Jon Snow and a gang north of the wall, and we'll get to that later.
1: Now, uh, Eric, I want to ask you something from uh, other podcasts, uh and uh, if, if the conversation you think is stupid, we can just cut it out. Uh, but uh, Joanna Robinson from Cast the Kings and. Storm of Spoilers always brings up when Danny and and the people in Westeros who don't like Danny, they're all xenophobic. But I, I think that is unfair, and that's also um, a spin because any country that has an invader that comes over and attacks you, you don't want them there. So, and it doesn't matter if they look like you are not. I mean, for example, when Germany attacks Paris, France in world war one, I know
2: what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I, I think it's part spin and, and part valid, um, in that, uh, yes, you're right. Any invader is not going to be liked. Uh, but at the same time, um, Cersei herself has been using the xenophobia, uh, to try and, uh, rile people up on her end of things. Um, so it's not completely invalid either.
3: Well, it's the old, uh, you know, just because you're not xenophobic doesn't mean they're not out to get you, right? It's, um, or whatever. Yeah, it's, in other words, just like you, you can be paranoid and people can still be out to get you, you can be xenophobic and have legitimate fears. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And Cersei right. did
2: specifically uh, use that during one of her uh, speeches uh, to the crowd about the foreigners coming, uh, you know, the... the uh, Bar, bar, foreign barbarians coming to, to kill them all, to murder and, them. Well, uh, and, so, so and it has mean, been thrown out there in the series.
1: I mean, that's why the Romans built walls to keep out the the, the Teutonic invaders, right? And, and it's not, and you know, it's it's
2: like when, it's just a term, Phil. Yeah, I know. Right. It, it's, but but, but also, move
3: on. But, but let's but let's be honest. Look at the look at Essos from Westeros' point of view. You have the horse lords, who, uh, was it, if there's less, less than three deaths, it's uh, considered a dull wedding. Um, yeah,
1: right, right. Yeah, who, just... who,
3: people who you know who routinely rape and pillage and take slaves. Slavery is very common. You, know, you have Slaver's Bay. Slavery is a commonplace thing there. Fights to the death in the arenas are a commonplace thing there. Stuff that we didn't see in Westeros. In Westeros, we know that Jorah Mormont was, was uh, shunned and exiled because he sold... To poachers into slavery, they have very you are different, very very different values and culture, and when you had the more different your values and culture are, the more you are going to be viewed with suspicion, and I don't think that's unjustified.
2: Right,
1: and never mind the fact that you came over to to take over too, which which even doubles that point that you just made, Mike.
3: Right, we're not talking about they're immigrants and they set up the Seven Eleven down the street,
1: right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. We're talking about uh, invaders, they not came, They came
3: here to conquer, yes, they did. Right, right, right.
1: right. And, and, and you know, I'm sure the Westeros people heard of the what happens when the Dothraki Dithra- win a battle. Their spoils include raping the woman, right? I mean, that's that's the reason why Daenerys uh, hooked up with, she's a witch, in season one, <laughs> was because all those women were about to get raped, and she says no, and Drogo says, but that's spoils that's what we do and she goes not these women and drogo um laughs it off and says yeah all right you can have them and then that's when he gets in the big fight and he gets the cut that eventually infests into a wound that kills him but i mean yeah so i mean i would i wouldn't want them in, in m- my land, either, and I don't. I'm, I'm right there in the fact, in the sense that I, I don't think it's xenophobic when you say I don't want these invaders in my country well, because, again, they're not. I immigrants. think I think
3: both both things can be true. Well, let me ask you, Eric. If, if tomorrow I were to tell you that Ann Arbor was going to be invaded and annexed to another country, but you get to decide whether that country is Canada or North Korea, which would you pick? Canada. Right, but it's also more culturally similar to what you're used to. Yeah. So
1: in the same and we'll do, yeah, right. And they probably would treat you much fair, more fair, you know, and all that. So I, yeah, so I, I think it was, it's, it's just a little unfair that the point and even Cersei's, her speaking and saying what she's saying is 100% valid and true, even if her motives are completely dishonest. Okay. I, I, I I think you're
2: splitting hairs.
1: All right anyway it was just a talking point that I wanted to bring up um and it didn't occur to me until it was mentioned again by Joanna Robinson in a, in another podcast and I just
2: well um, and 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 you're right that Joanna Robinson is throwing that term out there because it's also very convenient to align with her political leanings uh okay. that is true
1: yeah. All right, fair enough. And so so that's all. Um it was just a a curiosity and yeah, exactly what you just said. Um all right, so let's get on to the next thing. Anything else with Oterian and um Daenerys stuff?
2: Nah, that's done.
1: All right. All right. Let's so go to Winterfell. Well, yeah, let's let's do Winterfell then. All right.
2: Uh so basically we get two scenes between Sansa and Arya here. The first is outside on the balcony uh where Arya tells this Kind of, I actually really enjoyed listening to her tell this story about when she was a little girl and the boys had been practicing archery. And what, what I did find unclear is I couldn't tell whether it was Ned or Rob that had been watching her from the balcony. Did you guys uh, Ned? It, I think it, it was Ned. Was, was, was it Ned? It was okay. Ned,
1: because if you look at season one, episode one, hmm. um, even though it's not the exact same story that she tells to Sansa Mm. there's a scene where Rob not Rob um Caitlin and and Ned are watching from that balcony watching Jon Snow Rob teaching Bran to shoot an arrow
2: okay cool yeah uh so she tells a story about how uh she went out there after the boys were done practicing uh Bran had left his bow on the ground uh and there was one arrow still in the target and she Used that one arrow over and over again and shot until she hit the bullseye, and then Ned started clapping because he'd been watching her the whole time. Um, and then she pivots to whip out this uh, Raven Scroll that Sansa wrote under duress while she was at King's Landing, uh, telling Rob to bend the knee to Cersei and basically threatens to uh, put it out there. Uh, and expose her as uh, betraying her family. And this whole conversation was weird. Um, both of them got a couple of good digs in at the same time. If they'd stopped to take a breath and actually fucking communicate, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. It's, if Sansa had taken a moment to say, "Hey, you know what?" Uh, uh, you're right. At one point, all I wanted was to be married to Joffrey, but guess what? That changed. I didn't want that anymore, and I, I wrote that because I, I was going to be punished if I didn't write that. You're, you're, you're stealing Joanna Robinson's line. Um, okay, if you say so. Yeah, uh, she said but, but Bill, I'm allowed but to have Eric, the same Eric, thoughts as other people.
3: Eric, she <laughs> basically did say that. Part of the problem is that... Ari, Ari, not Arya. Sansa has survived to where she is by going along, right? And I do think it's true that neither one of these girls would have survived if they were switched positions. Arya would have got her, got her head cut, cut off because she couldn't keep her mouth shut and couldn't bend the way that... Right,
1: couldn't play the game.
3: Well, she didn't play a game. She hid. She put her head down, she said, yes, I'll do whatever you want and I'll survive. All right, it's, it's, it's sort of like what you had um, Varys say to... Uh, Ned Stark, when he was in the cell, which is that uh, he's not a hero. He's not going to rescue him. He's not going to stick his neck out. Because right? he's not a brave man. This is why he stayed alive. Yep. And that's basically been Sansa all along. She's gone been been dragged along from one place to another. Been whoever it was that her intended betrothed, her actual husband, has asked her to be. And she is bitten down and, and borne whatever burden has been put on her without fighting back. And there is something, and, and she survived. It is maybe not the most heroic and noble way to survive. It's not the sign of survival that they write songs and stories about, except for this story. But it is a way to survive, and that's got her through. And, and Ari would never, and Ari would never have been able to do that.
1: I, I'll, I'll add one thing, Mike. I would state that she she's playing a waiting game in that entire time. Like for the, she, for, the, for
3: seven years, she's been waiting.
1: Yes, because there, there's a point where. Yeah, you, you know, you're going to put she was going to push Joffrey off the bridge and the hound stopped her. I believe absolutely there's a seven year waiting period or, or whatever, because you have people that are in many dictatorships and they wait for this point where they can finally either escape or overthrow the government. They, they people wait and they wait and they wait and they suck it up.
3: But this is like the fourth government she's been in and she still hasn't done anything.
1: When she doesn't have any allies around her, the only person she had as an ally was Tyrion, who obviously wasn't even liked by his own father, or the Hound, who she couldn't trust for obvious reasons because he was still an unknown quantity back in season one and two. So what is she going to do? So I, I, I honestly. But you're
3: giving to, her. But you're giving her weight. She didn't even know what sh- she thought that the it, term for dung was sh- was shift.
1: Put it this way: when when the ty, ty, tally, not the ty, tally, the Tyrells finally sat her down, they say, you know, and uh, Elena said, you can tell us the truth because the first thing she says, Joffrey is my love and one true, can, you know, whatever, and they go, no, no, please tell us the truth, and she goes he's an evil, he's a devil, he's a Satan, you know, whatever. You
3: don't need to rehash the entire series.
1: Right, but the point is, is that when she... And then
3: she she got used and manipulated by them!
1: No, Anyway, back to the scene. They did nothing to her.
3: Back to the scene.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Uh, So they had this argument and uh, basically uh, Arya storms off at one point and basically the way the argument ends is that uh, Sansa says, uh, you're just acting out of anger, and it causes you to do foolish things. And uh, and Arya says, yes, but you, you act out of fear, and it also causes people to do foolish things. I'll take anger. And that's how that argument ends, and Arya kind of storms off. Um, so then uh, there's really no conclusion to that until uh, later, we find Sansa poking around in Arya's room, uh, and I don't know if she was looking for the scroll or what she was doing, uh, but what she ends up finding is <laughs> is Arya's bag of faces. Ugh, yuck. Uh, <laughs> and, and so Arya catches her uh, in the act and has this confrontation with her, and Sansa's basically like, what the fuck is going on? Why do you have a bag of faces? (laughs) And Arya explains to her the whole uh, house of black and white thing and um, basically threatens her. Uh, And there's there's this great moment uh, where she's talking about how um, all, all she would need to know to understand how Sansa feels is her face. And she picks up Cat's Paw, the dagger, and uh, I think at that point Sansa pees herself a little bit, uh, but then she flips it over and hands it hilt first to Sansa
3: and walks out of the room. She does more, a little, one more thing, which is that she doesn't just hand it to Sansa, she turns her back on Sansa after handing her the dagger. Uh huh. And, and, and very slowly, deliberately, which I kind of took as a bit of a, a dare. A, a, a dare, an insult, the I am, yeah. in, I am not in any way threatened by you.
1: And I thought it was stupid, because uh, so that's not Sansa. And, and for Arya, it's like they're playing completely different what? games.
3: What's not what? Sansa?
1: Sansa isn't the type of person that would take the knife to and stab Arya in the back.
3: Right, and she went, And she didn't, so that is exactly Sansa. R-
1: right, right. But, uh, but the, you're making it sound like Arya was saying, I dare you to do it. Which is
2: fine. No, but, she no she won't. No, the point point is that Arya has her pegged. She knew damn well that, that Sansa wasn't gonna stab her.
1: Oh oh right, okay. Yeah. Well I, I still don't think Sansa hates her sister. She's more confused than hate. So I no, I but don't, said I, she hated her. I mean, if it was Cersei, she would have took the knife and stabbed Cersei's right in the back, probably, if it was in Winterfell and Cersei's was in that room. But,
2: mm, I don't think but so. Not in the-
1: Rock, but if Cersei was in Winterfell and she was surrounded by all Sansa's people, I think Sansa would have took so if So, if,
3: so uh, if, like Ramsey, she was in a situation where she was in complete control and perfectly safe and could do whatever she wanted to, then she'd go out on a limb and do the thing that's perfectly safe and nobody would argue with.
1: Well, that's th- exactly, like, like with the dogs, when he was stuck in a cell... Right. She, she had the dogs kill him because she was surrounded by her people. She didn't have to worry about being so on
2: the other side of the cage.
1: Right. Well, well that's the yeah. thing, right? If she had done that to Ramsey when Ramsey owned Winterfell. So that's the equivalent of
3: talking tough when you're behind the keyboard.
1: No, it's, it's, it's smart because if you kill Ramsey when Ramsey, the Boltons, own Winterfell, then you're dead, too. That's stupidity. Why would you like Jamie almost killed himself when he tried to take out he's, Daenerys?
2: He's antagonizing you, Phil,
3: and you're totally taking the bait. Oh,
1: all right.
3: You're trying. You're trying to say, <laughs> but you're, you're trying to make it sound like her fear is her valor, and there's really there's no valor in, in, in the way she's going about this. Well, I don't. Right? I don't I, but but I think Not that's, valor, but it is common sense. <laughs> oh, it is. But and right now I think right now I, again I want people to. First of all, there is a, an idea out there, and I've not dismissed it, uh, that this is all some way that they're playing Littlefinger. But then I don't really understand if they're playing Littlefinger, meaning that they're working together to set Littlefinger up. Uh, yeah,
2: why, why, why are they having these conversations when he's not around?
3: Well, because he could have his yeah. spiders listening or something, right? You know, I, you f- I suppose, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, would, that would be really cheap and cheesy. I think there are legitimate differences between the characters. I think they did not set it up well, but we talked about that last week, that there were better ways to set this up. But once you get the idea that Arya is suspicious of Sansa, meaning I think Arya is closer to Jon, she knows that Sansa, by the way, did not have a good relationship with Jon. She knows that she wants to be Lady of Winterfell on some deep level. That's what she always wanted. Well, we, if we, don't, not- we, don't,
1: we don't know if, if Sansa and Jon had a bad relationship. Yes, we do. It never, they never had one scene together in season one, and the book never portrayed them as hating each other, and really.
3: Season, and when they got together in season six, she says, I was horrible to you. Yeah, she does. All
1: right, all right, that's fair, then. Okay, I missed um, that.
3: And we know that Arya sides with John. John has left. He sees her sitting in John's chair. If they had done something better last week to establish that she was sort of sliding into John's place and doing an effective John t- job taking over for John. Instead of a scene of her sitting there going, But John will be back you know, that I, this would have a more of a firm grounding and that's that's well,
1: uh, also Arya's supposed to be the smart person and and if you ask me, she's acting like she's stupid. If she can read people, she's reading Sansa completely no. wrong. All right, go on, hang on. Uh,
2: I was just gonna say that Arya is being revealed if if all of this is I I I don't know if any uh deception is going on intentionally uh for an audience but if it's not then Arya is being re- revealed as unhinged because I think her reaction to that raven scroll is a little bit overblown and I think that any reasonable person would understand Sansa's explanation.
3: Well, Arya has Again, and this helps going back and rewatching the series. Arya is a little bit of a nutcase, right? (laughs) When we see her make her first kill at the end of season three, it's vicious and it's brutal, and And it's she loves it, and she exactly. And you know when she kills Polly, she she. This is a girl who has had nothing but revenge on her mind. She has been taught by. By what's his name? Uh, Valor Margulis, Jock and Hagar. She was mentored by the Hound. These are not people who are the most stable people in the world. Um, (laughs) She is Kindly, and it's both of these girls have been abused badly for about five years, and they have they have not gotten any therapy or counseling. True. Right. They are not. So I don't object to them not necessarily having the best social relationship with other people and not handling themselves in a crisis well Arya is on anger and attack and she sees something that reaffirms the worst thing she's thought of her sister she's to me testing her out but the whole thing with the game of faces is not something that you get my perspective is through casual conversation it's through a face to face contact because that's how we've always seen it and they're not playing she can't get Sansa to play. She's also not the most sociable person in the world, so she's not doing a good job of getting Sansa to play.
2: Well, and, well, I got no, I'll give credit where it's due. This is one of the, the few smart moves I've seen Sansa make, was to refuse to engage in that game with Arya, because then she's playing on Arya's court, and she wouldn't stand a chance, and she knows this.
3: But she's also. But I'm saying that the fact that she's not playing is part of what's making Arya suspicious. She's feeling that she, that Sansa's hiding something. That would be my guess. Mm, okay. Well,
1: and, and, and if that's the case, Mike, then Arya is not only a psychopath, but she, she's. A, I don't know. I mean, she's just stupid because every, I don't know everything. She. I mean, it's obviously forced. I'm sure when George R R, R. Martin writes the books. And if these scenes do exist in the books, they'll be much better because we'll get to re- read people's minds and all that, and we'll have the first person perspectives, whatever. But here, it, it makes Arya look a- almost petty, and then it also makes Sansa look stupid because, again, as Eric stated at the beginning of this conversation, she would have said, Yeah, at one time I liked Joffrey before I found out he was a monster. The moment Joffrey. Um
2: had our the, father killed <laughs> well
1: even before that, I think she had already decided joffrey was was no good, but then when when his father no uh, no,
3: not really she was she was still I just want to be with Joffrey and have his babies she no, was she was doing that up to the point that her father was arrested uh
1: I don't think she ever believed that her father was a traitor, and
3: no, that was fault, but she still loved Joffrey, she still wanted to be with Joffrey, that's why she was trying to save all that.
0: Well, I,
1: I didn't,
3: she was still trying to salvage the marriage as well as trying to save her father.
1: Well, I, I read something a little different into that. But it, my point is, is that they have. They could have had a conversation where she says at one time, yeah, I, I like Joffrey. And at another time, um, Arya was indifferent to Joffrey. And then once they found out who he was. They both hated him, and and I uh, and that's the thing. And but they never had that conversation because well, and, that and here's the it's thing, convenient though. to get this this story going. She still right.
3: blames her for the death of 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 um, Micah, right? Micah? Who's
1: Micah? Yeah, the, the butcher's the boy. butcher's
3: boy, right? Oh, which is right, okay, which yeah, is yeah,
1: correct? Yeah, that's why Arya doesn't like Joffrey, and and we know and why
3: Sansa. Sansa yeah. lied to protect Joffrey, yeah, which Sansa is what got Micah killed. Was. Was,
1: but was no one that. knew that they were going to kill the butcher boy by lying.
3: It's, uh, she was a 10-year-old girl. She doesn't have to know that. She just has to know that her sister lied and her got her best friend killed, or a good friend of her, whatever, but like, got the boy killed.
1: Well, that's my point. Was Sansa was a, was a 12-year-old girl, and she didn't know that. Still were older ex- than the 10-year-old. No, they you're, to, you're, anyway. you're making excuses for
3: one, but not the other. Anyway. No, I'm making
1: excuses that they're both now anyway. adults, and... and and, and the showrunners are writing it terribly
0: and. because all
1: they had to do is have the one conversation and where, yeah, we both hate Joffrey. He was a fucking asshole. <laughs> and they, they both believe it. But they, don't, they well. don't have it in the story because it's convenient for the showrunners to get this fight going to, to make us think they hate each other.
2: Yes. It is convenient. And in the course of the conversation, Sansa also doesn't help herself by instead of taking that tact by pivoting and telling Arya that she should be on her knees thanking her uh because john lost the battle of the bastards and it was her that really won it uh with the knights of the bail that irked me well, to but no that, degree let me finish please let me finish please that irked me to no degree because uh really i mean yeah, the fact that the troops were there did win the battle. But if she'd fucking told John they were coming, right. he could have had a different strategy but, but what we've and gone probably over this could have also times. won. Uh,
3: but, Phil, you're, you're, you now have a girl who has a history, as this established, of not talking to people the way she should.
1: I know, but I, 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 that's not my point. My point is, is that so. this tactic, it was stupid because you, Eric's 100% right what he just said, however Arya doesn't know that, we do no, as the audience, a, but no. Arya doesn't know that, so, so to Arya, uh, it, it's, it's technically true.
3: Arya has done nothing, not Arya, Sansa has done nothing to effectively defend herself, and you're saying, why doesn't she just because talk, well the it's, same way, because, because we established this is who she is.
1: No, no, no,
3: it's, yes it's a, we have. No, no, it's she who she her. is. She didn't talk to Jon Snow when she had the chance. She never defended herself before then, until she was bad, basically had the truth dragged out of her by the right, by the party.
0: All right, Mike,
1: we 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 agree to disagree, and this has nothing to do with you hating Sansa or me loving Sansa. Is, the point is, the showrunners have this built what,
0: this, a terrible
1: story. This season sucks compared to the other seasons, and the Winterfell has been one of the worst parts of it because they're trying to. Force something They're not on forcing it. This is, this is <laughs> who
3: she is. This is who she's always been. All right, all right. She's I not a woman. Just, she's you're not. You're not, you're not. You're well, wait, wait a minute, but you're going to stand there and declare definitively this is a arcane. worse season. To to I'm, I'm already, just going I'm, to say, Bill, Phil, I'm just going to say, you, can't, you're, you got your word in. You're saying this is the worst season out of all the seasons because this storyline sucks and they're forcing it. I'm telling you, this is who Sansa is. She is not someone who deals with conflict well. She handles conflict by avoiding it. This is the same thing that happened with Jon Snow. The same thing's happening here. If she con- was effectively confronting Arya, this could have been dealt with. It's not who she is. It's not going to happen that way.
1: Okay, and we agree to disagree. Okay, Eric, we're done. Or at least I'm done. Eric? Are
2: you sure? Are you uh, yeah, sure? I, I,
1: I believe, Mike, we, we agree to <laughs> disagree, right? We agree to disagree. Okay, oh, yeah, so we're done. We're done. Eric.
2: All right. Yeah. So let's okay. move away from Winterfell. Okay. <laughs> quickly. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so north of the wall. Um, we
3: forgot to say they sent away Brianne.
2: Oh, that's true. That's true. We did forget to say that because I got
3: distracted for some reason. And I still Uh, have no
1: idea why. I I still don't know what what that whole scene's about. I've
3: heard a number of different theories as to why, and I don't know which is the right one. I've heard that it was because she thinks that Littlefinger wants to use Brienne against them. She thinks Mm -hmm. it's because she's afraid Brienne may hurt Arya. She thinks because uh, she's feeling... I don't threaten by Brienne. I don't know. That if, but I don't no idea what it is. Mike, My I also heard,
1: I, I also heard it's it's a way to get Brienne down to Winterfell when when they bring the white. So it has nothing to do with anything, and it's just as, uh, a convenient way to get her out down to Winterfell. I mean, to, well, from, uh, from Castle Rock or wherever it is, King's Landing, uh, King's Landing.
2: From a Sansa centric uh, point of explanation, uh, I believe that when uh, Littlefinger mentions to her that Brienne was sworn to protect both Stark daughters. Uh, that Sansa is afraid that since Brienne and Arya had their bonding moments via duel last episode, uh, that if a conflict were to happen between Sansa and Arya, Brienne would probably take Arya's side uh, and doesn't want her to be around for that to happen and that's why she sends her. Yeah, and that's... As, uh, so that that makes as, about as much sense as anything else I've heard.
1: That's what I was going to say, yeah. I mean, that's as good as any of the others, to be honest. Yeah. Um,
3: but see, and I'll also say, I'm not sure how much of a bonding moment that really was because I think that's an issue with Arya because she doesn't just say, hey, Brienne, can I show you some shit I learned? It was, hey, Brienne, can I try to, you know, humiliate you in public by getting you to battle to a standstill a girl who's a third of your size?
0: Mm.
3: Right. I, I mean, I think that's, again, a sign of Arya's emotional maturity and emotional... Issues.
2: Well, yeah. At the same time, I think that uh, Brienne has a great deal of respect for her skill at battle. Oh, uh, sure, uh, and, right. but so I still that's the, be- that's the life that she's lived.
1: Well, and, and that's another problem with this season is they didn't haven't built anything between Brienne and Arya. We've only had them in two scenes together in the history of the show. One where she runs away from her at the, well, three. One, one where no, actually two. Yeah, one where she runs away after the hound is defeated and the scene when she tries to humiliate Brienne in the courtyard and that's it and so it's like uh, again I, I i yeah i mean i don't know how why she would take Arya's side over Sansa when Sansa has been with her since a season and a half so i i don't know it's just i think again it's just weak storytelling well i think right it now. could just it. as easily
3: be that she's made a decision and she was sticking by it cuz and it would be helpful if they gave a better bit of information as to what was in the letter and why they were having the meeting and what you were being sent to the meeting for as to right. why you would even have that meeting and that was a right. that, that's really important information so let I think we can assume I'll give, I'll give Sansa that much credit that there's a letter that says hey uh, this is Cersei could you come on down uh, to the diner we want to have a chat that it's not going to be just to catch up on old times that it's going to be something legitimate and serious enough to want her to send an emissary and the fact that Brienne is someone that she thinks she can trust would make sense. She is a logical choice to send as the emissary.
2: Well, and You'll, there's also the fact that Brienne does have a relationship with Jamie, and that's also does bring sense. right?
3: Yeah, and Sansa does bring that well, up. And, and let me ask, who would you trust? Sansa has already uh, has reason to distrust the Stark's and the Umbers because not only did they betray uh, Rob, betray Rob, and,
1: and earlier and- on. Yeah, and the whole Winterfell, actually. And,
3: and, and what's this, and, uh, and turn in Rickon and all the rest. But then when it, it came back to John taking over, she publicly advocated against letting them keep their lands and titles. So she has reason to not necessarily trust a, a very large contingent of the lords in, um, in Winterfell. <laughs> she should have said Bran. <laughs> she can't, right. <laughs> Brian is Brand is out. He's sitting in his room looking at at, at uh, blacklight posters or something. Um, you uh. have you can't send Arya. The person there with the most skill and experience in negotiating is Littlefinger, and she's smart enough not to send Littlefinger to negotiate.
2: Well, and maybe she just sent Brian because uh, she wanted to do the opposite of what Littlefinger suggested
3: because she Which does because keep- she does not trust Littlefinger. Well, right, and anoth- Littlefinger's one that said she should trust Brienne.
1: And and, an, and another thing, too, is that uh, unlike the books, the, there's not many peripheral characters, right? I mean, it's Littlefinger, there's Aya, there's Brienne, there's Sansa, and maybe Lady Mormont, and Bran, and that's it. I mean, everybody else is, is just, you know, we couldn't pick them out in a crowd because they haven't been developed enough. So if she suddenly just says, all right, uh, uh, Mr. You know, um, house seven you go down i mean what does that mean right versus say an important figure like brienne at least Mm -hmm. um and and i assume this this is the call that jamie and Tyrion did together to bring the white i mean i don't even know if this is is the setup for we we want emissaries because the white is coming i mean does anybody know what why cersei called people there? No, because I mean, they don't
3: they, have because they don't have the the white in the first place, right? As far as we know,
1: yeah, and we don't even know if it's a legitimately ri- from Cersei's. It could have just been a little finger trick to get Brianna out of the picture because because he could have sent it. Because I mean, we never saw C- Cersei's talking to
2: Quayburn like official seals and stuff. Isn't that how uh, yeah, that's true. Knew that the scroll was from Winterfell. That's true. Yeah. Well, see, see, this is another thing that if this
1: season wasn't. A shorter season, they probably would have had Cersei's dictating to Kyburn a message, and the reason why they're calling or want Sansa to go down.
3: And you it, and it, you know what? If this is a little finger plot, then it would make sense that we don't know the background information on it. And you know, their their security symbol is is a piece of metal stamped onto a wax seal. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's not exactly you know uh, a
1: hundred twenty eight bit oh, encryption. And, and, right. to on, and to be honest, uh, you know he meaning Littlefinger probably has those anyway, right? Because he used to be the, the man that... Oh, oh that's, yeah. a,
2: that's a good point. Maybe,
1: yeah, the, you know, so he could have just pocketed one, you know, and it comes up now. But so, I mean, that's a possibility, too, because, again, I, I have no idea why Cersei's called someone and whether it was even her because we, it was done off screen. Right. So, yeah,
2: yeah, so well, I think we'll uh, find out next week.
1: I think so. I think so, yeah. Um and you know what's funny is that we're complaining about the discussing the Tyrion and Danny thing and what's up with them and the, the Arya and Brienne and Sansa and Littlefinger and what's up with them. But most people who have been complaining about this episode oddly have been complaining about the best part.
3: Uh, well, but yeah, and but let me just one last thing which is, is that one of the problems with all this fast forwarding is that like everything that happened at Winterfell is supposed to be happening now over weeks if not months. And so we're and this is where you have a problem of if you stop and think about it. So these characters are living in Winterfell and they've had like three conversations in a couple of months. Yeah. You know, and that that's where again, if you're not dealing with that timeline, it's not an issue. But when you are dealing with that timeline, then suddenly it becomes problematic.
2: And and there's also the fact that they're just, like, uh, skipping some logical steps, like, uh, if you're going to send Gendry running to Eastwash to send a raven to Danny, don't you think while they're at it they would also send a raven to Winterfell? (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, because especially when Sansa says to little, or, yeah, I think it's the little thing, I haven't heard Really, aren't
2: they the closest and most at risk?
1: Yeah, and I haven't I haven't heard from John in months, right? What Sansa's right, saying. So, yeah.
3: but it I think that comes. A I lot of sense. think I'm trying to figure out where that comes in. Doesn't she say that at the beginning of the the episode? So we haven't gotten there yet. We don't know what messages, if any, that Sansa's gotten. So we know they send crows. We don't know how many. Danny's the one who was most able to gonna be to uh, to get there in time. I would think, given the dragons. Because it's still a couple of days' ride. Well,
2: oh no, no! Did. I, I, I they would be different scrolls. The one that Danny says, "Come, please help, quick." The one that Winterfell says, "Um, yeah, White Walker on army just outside East Watch. Heads up."
3: Right, Dif- but in fairness, at the moment, we don't know that they didn't.
2: Well, okay, fair enough. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, Raven will get to Winterfell sooner than Dragonstone.
3: But did we see Winterfell after that point? Mm, okay. Okay. I'm just looking at my notes here. Uh, I, don't, I think you're right. I don't think we did. Uh, no, yeah. well, you do get the invitation to King's Landing. Happens right after he says every lord I've ever met has been a cunt. After they've already gotten the. Uh, they capture the one white. Okay. But.
2: But that's not when they've sent the raven yet, so. It's, it's a nitpick. I'm just saying yeah
3: it's, it, w- it 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 would have been right after so
2: it could that's that's be- me honestly nitpicking it's it's yep. not a huge deal uh so north of the wall we get the magnificent
3: magnificent Seven and a bunch of red shirts
2: Um you yo brenner
3: which which uh, by the way it just did uh, kind of annoy me because they didn't this is the braun and Jamie thing again uh crawling out of the out of the lake um when that was clearly not the situation they were in the previous episode, uh, we left with seeing seven guys ride off right, or march off rather. Well, was the, it? It,
1: There was a few uh, red shirts behind them in the tunnel as they were coming out of the tunnel.
3: Were there? Okay. I don't, I don't remember seeing. Okay. So it, it just felt kind of cheap that there was, Oh, and a whole bunch of red shirts. Cause I know a lot of people were talking about who's going and, and us included, who do you think will survive and, mm. and who will die? And if, I don't think any of us were considering shitload of red shirts. <laughs> right. That's right, because right. we all know that if we knew they were there, that would have been the right answer. Who right. would die? All the red shirts.
1: Not <laughs> not just not just one or three red shirts, but every friggin' red shirt died. Just to, yeah. it, you know. Uh,
2: so let's we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, so probably one of my favorite parts of this episode is when they're all just walking along in the snow talking uh because this is really i mean this is what we had going on in seasons one through three right uh that really built the show and did the world building and it's really one of my favorite parts of the show that we've been missing a lot of lately and i enjoyed this uh the conversation between uh gendry and uh the hound and and those guys and then the conversation between Torment and the Hound is pretty priceless.
3: Uh, <laughs> and, and I got and you gotta hand it to uh I can never remember his name, the actor who plays Torment, because the dialogue is good. His line deliveries. Oh his deliveries perfect. Because it's yeah. not just gingers are beautiful. Gingers are beautiful. <laughs> it's just <laughs> by fire. It's just his, his line readings, are, and the same goes for the Hound. The same goes for Davos. The same goes for they, these are great line readings for some, for, for good dialogue.
1: Well, there was, there was there was four of them. There was the there was uh, Barrack and John, Jorah and John, Gendry with with uh, the men with no banners and the Hound, and then the Hound and Giant Spain. And those right. were the four. Those were the four right. conversations. And,
2: and by far my favorite. Conversation with Torrin talking about his woman. <laughs> <laughs> he's, talking about, he's talking about Brienne, and the hound is like, You're with her? And he's like, Well, not yet.
1: No, but, but the I way see he how she looks
2: it. at me, and yeah. he goes,
1: You screwed up. Though. The best line was when, when, when the hound looks at him, he goes, uh, Brienne, uh, uh, of Tarth? Yeah, no, but he says "cunt" in there, or 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 "fuck." He goes, "Brianna, fucking Tarth.
3: tarth. yeah, it was Brianna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brianna, fun thing. To- oh, so you know her? She looks at like she, uh, she wants to. He, go, he goes, and-
1: "I kind of know her, or something like that." He says, "No, she say,
3: he says she looks like she wants to kill you and eat, and, and eat your liver." He's like, "Oh, so you do know her?" <laughs>
2: that's right. That's right. <laughs> he talks about how they're going to have giant babies that will conquer the world. It's
1: it's awesome. Well, and then the how goes? Oh, so you're with her, and, and he goes, "Well, not really, because you know she she hasn't said yes to anything."
3: But I can see the way she looks at me. Which, <laughs> by the way, they have, of course, very quickly put up the internet memes. I can see the way she looks at me, and they flash back to her look of absolute disgust while he's making his <laughs> Googly Tormund dies. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right, But but out of, out of the four conversations, the best line was when when goes. Goes, you sold me the red witch, and she tied me up. She had me naked, and then they go. the house Sounds, Sounds good. So so <laughs> so <far. laughs>
3: but, but again, now Phil, you and I know because we just watched that episode, right? The yep, reason yep. she did is because she didn't want to spoil the meat. She didn't want to frighten the lamb.
1: Yeah, well, she got, she needed the leeches, right? That's the leech right. thing.
3: Yeah. right. But she makes tells the story about how she used to work in the you know kills. Kill sheep, and you didn't want to get them frightened because then it soils the meat or spoils. Oh meat. right,
0: right. Yeah. yeah and right. so
3: the whole, so the point being that she didn't want. So she basically, you know, Wait. does the whole bathhouse thing with with uh, Gendry, so she doesn't scare him before she drops some leeches on his balls. <laughs> right, right,
0: right. <laughs> right.
1: Yes, yes. And 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 to be honest, that that prophecy all came true, all three of them. Mm-hmm.
3: And of course, something that got, came up a couple of times while we were together uh, the other day was the. Uh, One dick.
2: I like dick. I I like it. Apparently, north of the wall they use the word cock, and south of the wall they use the word dick. And Torben was unfamiliar (laughs) with the word dick, so so (laughs) so Howard uses the word dick, and he goes, "Dick," and and Howard says, "Cock," and Torben thinks about it for a second, and goes,
3: "I like dick." (laughs) says <laughs> I bet you do, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what le- and that's what leads into the whole thing about Brienne because no, oh, I like pussy,
0: right, right.
3: <laughs> because apparently, while they don't use the term dick north of the wall, they do use pussy. <laughs> and by the way, ginger, <laughs> ginger, but right. gingers are beautiful. <laughs> uh, please, please. Uh, oh, yeah, shit. it's, um, but you also had other, like, you had the conversation with Jon Snow and Jorah. Right,
2: We're, uh, they're, Which they're talking about Longclaw.
3: Right, which, 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 first of all, says a lot about both men, that he, he that Jon offers up the sword that has been his constant companion, and that he knows has the ability to magically destroy walkers with a touch. Mm-hmm. And he offers it up to Jorah because it's his family heirloom.
2: Um, without, yes, he offers Jorah his sort of plus two frost resistance.
3: Yeah, and and Jorah, which shows that <laughs> he really is uh, repentant for what he's done, because he isn't just I did something bad and, and I was punished for it. It's is that I did something bad, I'm punished for it, and I'm just not still not worthy of carrying on the family name and carrying on the family heirloom. You know, he he really is there is genuine sorrow and regret for what he did to, to hurt his family
2: and apparently even getting flayed by sam isn't punishment enough he's still gonna right. give up the sword
3: right he isn't someone say, you know what i did my crime i served my time i'm sorry i'll never do it again but now give me my fucking sword <laughs>
1: right well well or, or just be kind and say oh thank you very much and, and take it too right? right i mean you know and uh
3: and so but, yeah John the
2: interaction keeps... went the way it was supposed to go. That, that right. Was... And these
3: are these are the kinds of dialogue we talked about it last week that I had felt was missing from last week's episode by cramming so much yeah into that one hour that you did not allow any, other than this the scene with the um uh, with the, the with the raw raw oysters or rock or or what it was whatever it was pickled clams or the aphrodisiacs you know this the scene on the beach yeah, other that, than that, was that yeah, they didn't really let any of the scenes breathe naturally. You know, they didn't have the kind of dialogue we're used to having that we saw here. And some of this really could have been transposed or had more stuff like that if they had expanded that episode or moved events around or split that into two. Um, and so this was, this was a much welcome return. And we really haven't had a lot of these kind of dialogue scenes this season so it was really nice to see
1: well and and this is oh and then the barrack one was pretty good too which he's he's basically talking about um death is the enemy that we will all lose against but we still have to fight it all the way to the end um and that was a pretty good
3: yes yeah but which also by the way goes back to Arya and the the training as a faceless man going back is like what do we say to the god of death not today. Not today, right? It says that's because it's it's a different way of saying it, but still the same thing. Is that, it actually nice? that
1: wasn't the faceless man. That was uh, uh, the the swordsman from Bravo. Yeah, Cereal
3: Pharrell.
2: That's
1: it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. was it Serial Pharrell? Pharrell? Yeah, it okay. was Serial Pharrell that said that. That was okay. His yep.
3: You're right. Okay, yeah, so it still goes kind of back to that 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 general theme. Right, uh-huh. because
1: when when uh, uh, he was about to die uh, by the the Kingsguard, uh, he says, "What did I tell you?" Oh, Arya yeah, because Arya wanted to stay and fight and help him and she goes today is not the day to die or something like that and that's why she leaves and then he fights and he gets killed
2: well we don't know that we never yeah it was
1: off it. screen, it was screen. But, well, that's that's why what, I'm is alive, yeah, that's what so I was alive. about to say I was just about to say that's
3: why Stannis is still alive yeah. oh I know Oh, so what's going to happen next episode Arya is going to go to stab Sansa and Sansa is going to rip her face off and reveal she's really serial <laughs> Pharrell that would be kind of awesome. <laughs> He's been hiding the whole time as Sansa. The real Sansa's squirreled away in the caverns underneath King's Landing. Or dead in a ditch. Well,
1: she would be dead because you need the face. You have to take yeah. the face. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah that's true. Okay. Yeah. Um,
1: now, now, this is another reason why um, this season, this sh- shortened season, uh, has some issues is because of these red shirts. Because had... This season been say ten episodes. I remember a few weeks ago I said I wish they would throw in East Watch every so often to see what's going on up there. We don't maybe have Tormen or something, and he could have had Tormen there talking to his fellow soldiers up there, and we could have developed the red shirts similar to how they did in the past with like people like Ollie or whatever that were technically red shirts or, or Ross from season one. But here they didn't do that at all, and they, I mean not, they, none of the red shirts even spoke once, right? Right, just nameless,
2: <laughs> yeah, faceless, yeah, you, nameless and faceless. Yeah. yeah, you
3: didn't even get like a Dick on Tarly moment, you know, where you had like a couple of minutes before you got roasted alive by a dragon.
2: Exactly.
1: Um, At least we knew those two characters, Tar- well, right.
3: Tal- and, right? And that was one of my biggest
2: issues of this of this episode is that well, there was there was a moment where I got very nervous for Torment, but outside of that, it's like these red shirts are dying, and why do I give a fuck? Right, I, I, they haven't even shown me this dude's face, and I'm supposed to be upset when he dies. I, I don't
3: care. Right, um, I don't care. Right, and I'll say like they the only one they kill off is Thoros, and you know having just watched, I don't care about him either. Right, having just watched the episodes where he's in in the second season, and was, or 30, pretty good back then. Season, was pretty good. Third season, he was, was pretty, pretty good. good. He was a fun character, yeah. but we yeah. have literally not seen him since season three, right. and. It's hard to give a shit about a guy you've not seen since season three and have largely forgotten about. So, um, yeah. And when you have these seven characters, I get that we're late in the series. It's kind of hard to keep all the red herring characters like the Rob Starks and, for that matter, Ned Stark or Joffrey, you know, that we didn't realize they were going to be killing off, Tywin Lannister. That they were, you know, Because at some point we all realized, oh, they're killing everybody off, and now we expect everyone to die. At some point, you got to be left with the final contestants,
1: right? Or oh, well, Tommen, for that matter.
3: Taunin. Well, and at this point, I almost feel,
2: Marjorie, I feel like I, everybody's plot armor is so thick that there are no stakes anymore. Right.
3: Right. And this is what see, like some people, and I, w- I was thinking this uh, as a possibility, but some people were thinking that maybe, like Barrik Dondarrion, passes on the ability to regenerate to um, Jon Snow. Uh, not to John Snow, uh, to, to the Hound, right? Because he's the one that saw the vision in the fire, right? right? Maybe, that, maybe he sort of takes over his role there, but nope, that didn't happen. Um, so unless, if, unless every one of these characters has a significant role to play in what's upcoming, right. they really should have killed somebody else off.
1: Now, mm-hmm. I, I will state this. Uh, a lot of this, even though this is, in theory, based on the notes by George R. R. Martin, um, and I'll cut this out if you think this is a, a spoiler. But in the books, Derek um, gives his life up for another character that never appeared in the show, so he wouldn't even be here in the next two books by George R. R. Martin because he's the guy that gives up his up his life for Lady Stoneheart. Mm. In right. the books.
3: So, but again, we, but we don't know how they've configured the, the finale here. There are a lot of characters in the books that aren't in the show, so he may just. This, so this Barrett Dundarian may end up taking the place of one of those characters. We'll see. All I know, I mean, and yes, there is one massive death, literally <laughs> uh, the biggest death of the series so far, um, at least as far as body weight goes. Right. But even yeah, that, I it, think. Yeah. Could have been done in a way that was more impactful. Um,
1: I, th- I think Tywin Lannister was the, probably the most devastating because he was once he went went that was the the end of normalcy in Westeros because that's when uh, Cersei took over.
2: Technically, well, uh, I don't know if I'd use the word devastating impactful yes
1: impactful that's what i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well devastating as an actor too because he
3: was well Well, he was an awesome actor yes well hold on without ned stark there wouldn't have been a war for the five kings were the five kings so ned stark is probably in terms of course of events the biggest yeah well actually before that you go to you could go to robert baratheon if he hadn't died yeah Yeah. actually robert
1: baratheon was the biggest you're right yeah
3: yeah um, but yeah, yeah I and mean, this is actually something I've been toying with, is trying to think of just, just as, as, a, as a thought exercise, is what if this didn't happen? What if, you know, uh, what if Robert didn't, never went south? You know, what, how would have events played out differently or the same? Um, and there's a whole bunch of pivot points in the series. What if, you know, Rob let the Karstarks kill the Lannisters? What if, uh, what if Ty- or what if Tyrion had died at uh, the Aerie instead of... What, what, what and if, and if Rob
1: Rob didn't back out, and he married the Frey daughter. Like he was We're right. going off the rails, folks. So yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll we'll discuss all this on our season finale. Well, maybe not oh, all so. this. Well, this yeah. just, yeah. So anyway,
3: uh, yeah, it's um. So yeah, so even when they when they when they have the big death, uh, they could have been could have been worse because I've been complaining about this. They've had Drogon and his backup singers, <laughs> right? You know, and we're going to kill off the backup singer. And I understand that it's sort of like when they killed, There was a Grey Wind? Was Rob's wolf? But really, the only yeah. wolf we spent a lot of time with was Ghost. Right. You know, it's, and you know, oh, they killed Shaggy Dog. We, do we really give a shit? Well, we care because they killed the wolf. They killed an animal. They killed the dragon, a fictional animal. But we still care more about the fictional animal than we do about the fictional people. Well, but there's
2: I, situations. Um, let's, let's rewind for a second and just set yeah. up the battle. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk
1: about Thor, Thoros' death too, because I, I want to talk about that a little bit. But go on.
2: Yeah, but basically, it start, It all starts with that fucking bear.
3: The bear, the maiden fair. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, when, when <laughs> we were when we were watching it, and that and the guy gets killed, we we're like, I was like, who was that? Was it was that was that Jon Snow? Was that Barrack? Because oh, again, it's a red
0: shirt.
1: It was a red shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that ha- did any? Have any of you watched the episode? Uh, at home, yes, okay, I did. Okay, because yeah. I didn't get a chance to rewatch it. I am did. I had trouble watching it on the poor streaming service in the hotel room. Uh, I had trouble telling when it, who it was that was dying when because because the snow it's, blowing. It wasn't, everyone's it wasn't got
2: just, beards. It wasn't just a bad uh, video experience at the hotel. It was. It, it's difficult to to catch it all because uh, you know I because, asked a couple of times of all those so that. Factories.
3: Was that a red shirt, or was that was that? There were a few times I could have sworn Tormund died, and he didn't. It was it was a red shirt, not a red beard. Right, (laughs) right.
2: A blue beard. (laughs) Sorry. No, but there's a zombie polar bear. uh... That attacks and No, no, no. That it's a white polar bear. What boy. the fuck? Shut up, Phil. <laughs> They're all white polar bears. We still. have to be technical. Well, that's true. All, right? Yeah, all polar bears are white. <laughs>
1: but but I'm talking about the G the G H version rather than the T version of the of white.
3: Oh, as uh as uh uh what's his name would say the Wiggit.
2: The Wiggit <laughs> Bear.
3: Yeah. Wiggit bear. Why is there a G in white? Uh
2: now so uh It's their first experience with uh, one of the undead, and it takes a little effort to kill. (laughs) Um, uh, Who is it that gets wounded? Um, Is it Barak or is it uh, the other guy? I forget his name. The Uh, other priest guy. uh, Thoros. Uh, Thoros. 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 Which one of them gets wounded? Thoros. Thoros. Okay. Do bears Um, have blue eyes? (laughs) <laughs> well, and that's that's the way oh, that was it set up. Yeah, said that. Yeah, said that yeah. And I don't know how the fuck he saw the bear's eyes at that. I dance. didn't see it. Yeah, me neither, because I he's, even he's young with, the with good vision. I guess he all the others are beard. old and
3: need cataract surgery.
2: Yeah. So they take out the bear, and Thoros gets injured, but he's a man's man, so he just chugs some alcohol, and they sear the wounds su- shut with a flaming sword.
0: Right,
1: and, and Jorah says that they should go back because he's a walking dead man, but um, he doesn't care. And Jor- Jorah is good friends with this guy because they fought together in the battle against the J- Greyjoys mm-hmm. years prior. Um, because Thoros, even though he was a small role throughout the season, and George R.R. R. Martin's encyclopedia of Westeros, he's a huge character because he's a, he's a war hero and all these other things. He's so, the
3: bravest man I ever saw.
1: That's right. Um, and so Jorah is concerned about his health, but like you said, he's a man's man. And right then we pretty much know he's gone because if he's walking, he's a walking dead man, basically. But I do have to say the way he dies, I like because it's, it was unexpected. You know, he, it's the next morning and he just died in his sleep. And I thought that was original because if this, I was expecting him to, keel over in Stockholm,
2: or
1: something stupid like that, and it, it it's
2: just—it's only the second character in the show that's died in their sleep. Who's the first?
3: Uh, Aegon, fuck yeah, Master, yeah, Agod, Master, Master, uh, yeah, 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 the Castle Targaryen.
1: Spy. He was a Targaryen, that's right. He was supposed to be the king, and he he renounced it because he just didn't want to be king for some reason. And then his brother became king, and his brother had king. Arian who was the Mad King, as a son. So, I blame Meister, whatever his name is, because if he had become king, there wouldn't have been any problem in the first place.
2: <laughs> so, anyway, uh, they keep on trekking and eventually come on a small band of whites that seem to be off on their own from the, from the main group. And they engage in battle. And during the battle, John kills the White Walker that's with them and instantaneously the majority of them crumble into dust, leaving one white left.
1: Not the majority. All of them, except one. No.
2: There's one left. That's not that's all
1: I, of them. That's what I said. That's all the of them, majority. but one.
2: That would be a majority.
1: I'm correcting me when it's not needed. No, no, Eric, the reason I'm correcting you has nothing to do with your, your um, semantics. It, it's, it's one of the issues that I've heard on many podcasts, which is, they could have, I think, even cast the kings, uh, which is, they should have had at least two or three, and they take out two, because it was way too convenient just to have this one. So, we could have Jorah say later, if you kill the White Walker, it will kill all the ones he creates. Mm -hmm. And there's just two total coincidence that it just happened to be one, the one that they can capture, when they should have had two or three. Well, it Uh, is
2: very coincidental, but at the same time, I think this show has shown us multiple times that we're living in a land of convenience at this point. Yeah, exactly. It's a,
1: it's a minor <laughs> nitpick that even, uh, David Chen of cast the Kings is, is brought up. Right. So,
3: and and yeah. I don't see why it couldn't have happened that way. I mean, wouldn't it make sense that the guy who created the whites there, his whites would drag along with him.
2: Right. Well, yeah, but then it's weird that there's one that's not, but whatever the case, they end up with one white. And he starts screaming for help, which is weird because I didn't think undead creatures felt distress, but apparently they do. And oh yeah, oh yeah. Dracula, they they try and uh, they try and cover its mouth, and the hound accidentally rips the thing's face off, and is completely disgusted. But then they end up getting a bag over its head, so it can't scream anymore. But it's too late; he has caught the attention of the main group, and. Uh, this is when all hell breaks loose. The main army of uh, the undead shows up and our heroes are, are oh, oh. fall away.
1: This is a major, major thing you forgot. I, I didn't real... forget. I'm
2: about to say it right now. They send Gendry to run to Eastwatch uh, to send a raven to Danny to let her know that they have found uh, the army of the undead and they need help. Alright, let's
1: stop right here and and discuss this. Um obviously a lot of people have been complaining about how does they you know Gendry's quicker and blah blah blah.
2: But I haven't actually I, seen any of these complaints. I've just heard people complaining about the complaints.
1: Oh really? No, I have listened to like twenty podcasts in the past two days, three days, four days. And um including Cast of Kings and Storm spoilers and a lot of Such stuff a that's product. But the the other one that was brought up about this scene was why didn't they all just go? Because there wasn't the army of the dead far enough away that they still had a good 300 yards to escape.
2: Well, I think the thought process was that they weren't going to make it, especially carrying the white, which is their sole purpose of coming up here.
1: Yeah. Okay. Works for me.
2: And by the way, um, crap, I forget the actor's name. Uh, the guy that plays the Hound. Yep. Um, uh,
1: McC- McCann, I think his last name is. Uh, Rory yeah.
2: McCann or something. Like Rory that. McCann, that's it. Uh, apparently, he they they didn't want to use the dummy for the white that he was carrying, so they used an actual dude. Uh, and apparently carrying that dude on his back through all those takes completely fucked up his knee. Uh, so oh, I thought it
1: was his back. Is it, it was his knee?
2: I, I thought it was his knee. Yeah, that's oh, okay. what I
3: um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I listened to something today where they talked about it, and yeah, it was his knee that he he hurt. Um, I think the problem is that you have somebody running light is going to outpace the dead or have a chance of doing it. Where a bunch of people carrying heavy arms in armor and a corpse are going to have a harder time doing that. And right. So yeah, so not everybody. I have heard. I've seen complaints about Gendry, but that's lumped in with all, everything, because they're trying to calculate everything that got happened into the timetable, and the, mm-hmm. the, the, the problem is, again, we are not given the timetable. Without the timetable, we don't know if the time makes sense or not. Right. Right, yeah.
2: But I think people
3: complaining about the choice of Gendry as the runner is just kind of ridiculous. Uh, well, yeah, because he's the youngest one there with the... Possible exception of John Snow.
1: Well, I don't think it's because it's gendry that was the issue. I think people that are complaining and again, this is a, a huge nitpick because it's really just a nitpick, which is how do they know that gendry was the fastest? And it, does, I, it doesn't I, matter. I, I'm agreeing. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you, Eric. I'm just saying this is one of the complaints that is out there, and yeah. it's, since it's out there, we have to mention
2: it. And I okay, we've mentioned it. I think there are actually much bigger problems yet to come. <laughs>
1: I I, I think you you may be
2: right, including
1: Daenerys' dress in in the middle of winter, but we'll discuss Uh,
2: that. So, basically, they end up running away away from the Army of the Undead. And uh, I don't think they planned on running onto a lake, but they do, and realize they're on a lake, and the ice starts to crack. But it's a little too late at that point, so they continue across the lake to this little uh, island in the lake and the army of the undead in pursuit starts breaking through the ice and falling into the water and thus breaks off pursuit. And so we end up with our uh, trusty band of heroes on this island in the middle of the frozen lake and the army of the undead circling the lake, not wanting to cross because they'll fall in. Now, now, Eric, one complaint I have is—is is you called it a lake? It, I consider
1: it a pond.
0: Well, I've just—I've just been fu-
1: just, funny. funny. I've just <laughs>
0: Okay,
1: don't What's even bother responding. I was just I made say, uh,
0: it's uh, a It's a fucking a... bog,
2: <laughs> right? Well, here's, well, we here's, have to complain about something. Here's my first nitpick, uh, okay. which is that I don't understand why falling into the water is a deterrent for undead.
1: I would agree with that statement, except to try to get out. But I mean, I don't know how deep the lake is. I mean, if it's, uh, you know, some lakes can be 60 feet deep. Some can be 10. Um, That's
2: true. But then later we'll see that at some point somebody will have had to enter the lake with chains. So right, right. why are they reluctant to enter the lake at this point?
3: Well, because just just as a thought, um, why why would they rush everybody into the lake uh, you have to stop at some point so there will be others left to get the ones out of the lake that are in, in the bottom of the lake. We know the lake but, is deep enough to hold the dragon. Well, but, yeah, but
2: at the same time, there's, there's undead as far as the eye can see. If you dump enough of them into the lake,
3: you're going to end up with a pile high enough to climb over, right? <laughs> yeah, there there have been some <laughs> offering an explanation, which is that which I don't. I'm not buying, and I'm not rejecting. I think I know that, where you go with this. Which is that this whole thing was a setup, right? It, I have as Well,
2: and if it is, then uh, Westeros is in big trouble because the Night King's way trickier than anybody thought.
3: Well, I think let's 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 be clear here, and people are confusing these zombies with Romero zombies you mean, you or Walking white, Dead zombies. You, white. No, no, I'm we're sorry, gonna say zombie. zombie, Phil, and you no, just need no, to deal no, with no. it. I'm, going I'm with, saying it because with what, what
1: George not, R. R. Martin says.
3: You We're going to say zombie. He First. hasn't said anything in years, so it doesn't matter. Um, when he gets his next p- book published, we'll listen to him again. Whites is that people compare them to the zombies from from Romero movies and from no Phil zombies from the <laughs> Romero. The, they're not called whites the, they're not called whites in the Romero's movies. Ghouls. or in Walking Dead. So this is and this is not the case. You have a command structure that are capable of thinking and planning. They are. They use tools. They use strategy. You know, it's not. We we see them. You know, conquering towns and taking them. they there. I don't have a problem with them using intelligence and strategy. So, could they lay a trap? Absolutely. Um, it could just be that the dragon is the way to get over the wall. Um, among you know, having a dragon and saying, "Hey, babes, I got a dragon. Now you're going to date me." Um. Same thing with the chains. They've conquered a fishing village a couple seasons ago that had, I'm sure, chains in it. You know, there's lots of ways that, you, that would be used to pull, like, the boats out of the water. So I don't have a problem with them bringing along supplies. You know, them thinking about, well, we don't just want to have our troops run off when we don't need to, because they could just wait them out. So, and why bother going through the hassle of having all the whites buried under the lake?
1: Well, even, even better is, is they have melee weapons and these guys are stuck on a little island that is not that far from the shore.
2: Yeah, but then later when the lake's frozen again, they go ahead anyway. So, I, I don't know. The whole but, thing is, is weird. Yeah,
1: Right, because you would think, all right, here's this Night King guy, right? He's, he's got all these spears and you could just throw one and it would kill them all because <laughs> right. you, you you
0: know
1: and and
2: he never does it well so I, don't honestly, this, I, don't I don't think i don't think that it's a setup makes the most sense that's the only thing that makes it sense yep
3: yeah i don't know that the... This, this is what i don't think people are understanding just like the i think the spear works on dragons the same way that valerian steel works on the ice king yeah i think you're right so that, so i don't so but, I don't think that the... Why did he just throw the spears at the guys on the lake? Because maybe the spears don't work all that well against people.
1: Well, but a, a propelled... actually kill them. Yeah, a propelled weapon that is still sharp, even if it's not going to instantly kill someone like it would kill a dragon, it still would probably kill human beings, you know? I mean, However, you can just, you yeah. can just take a, a whiskey bottle and hit <clears throat> well, someone. What is up, that?
3: And that kills a person. But what yeah. is that made of? We don't what's this? Spe- what I I the spear. Imagine right. ice. Yeah, I was figuring ice. So may, I mean, it's what's. But ice. We're, be- we're, we're,
1: we're talking about a guy that's pretty smart, right? We can assume the Night king is, is pretty smart. So yeah, you figure he would so. have weapons against humans there with him too, if if even if the spear isn't is just
2: you know you know what I'm saying. Yeah, the mo- the more we talk about this, I almost think this this has to have been a setup, um, because really when it comes down to it in any number of several different ways, those humans on the island could have been eliminated at any point. Any point. Would you agree, Mike? Uh,
1: all you pro- need- even even if
2: he doesn't have the ice things, I'm sure they got got like, regular fucking spears around, uh, and if he could
3: make that throw to take out the Syrian later, I'm pretty sure he could have hit the people on the island. Well, here, let me put it this way. I don't know if it's a setup. Or a target of opportunity, because what do they know? We know that we had a bunch of guys deliberately hunt them down. If you're, let's say you're the Ice King, you mm-hmm. see a bunch of knuckleheads from the south. You may recognize Jon Snow, by the way, because they did make eye contact right, way Hardhome. back in Hardhome. Yep. We see that we know he's kidnapped. He's killed now one of your generals or whatever you call them, and they've kidnapped one of your foot soldiers. Mm-hmm. Why? And so maybe that makes sense then to say, okay, clearly these guys had a plan. Let's see what happens from there. And so he, they leave them alive from that and see if anyone comes. And I could see it being, uh, as opposed to, because, you know, let's lure them up here, and we know they'll send a dragon to rescue them. I don't oh, I think it's... Okay,
2: but then, then it doesn't make any sense that they advanced across the lake and engaged in battle.
3: What I'm saying is that at first it's a target of opportunity, and then they realize, well, wait a minute, hold on, let's see hmm. what's well, well
1: Mike, wouldn't they, uh, a smart general then say, all right, let's like any mafia person, never mind a real general in real life, wouldn't they just take out everybody except one? And then whoever's alive, they would then capture him and and then torture him for, for information. They didn't have to just sit there and let all seven plus five red shirts sit there on the island. They could have tried to take out as many as possible. And then well, when the numbers was down to one or two, you know. There you go you you got your prisoners or, or whatever
3: well once the once gender is left, then there's really not necessarily a reason to keep them alive, so that if this is where it starts give, and also if that's the plan, then why would they have the whites start walking across the ice once they realize the ice hasn't isn't going to break anymore
0: right
1: yeah so so it it's it's what everybody has been saying throughout the internet podcasts, blogs, a major writing like variety um, Forbes, um, the UK Telegraph, whatever, all these places that I've read stuff are saying these things, which is, well, you know, don't, everything doesn't make sense. In other words, it's sloppy writing is what most of these people are trying to say.
2: It it is. And there's a bunch of problems. (laughs) I think probably one of my, my most glaring issues, uh, through, through this whole episode is when John, and the gang and the red shirts are trapped on this island in the middle of fall the lake. back yeah fall back fuck <laughs> yells it twice fall back fall where? back exactly where the fuck are they supposed to fall back to Shut high up, ground John.
1: <laughs> and then they they have their slow-mo montage you know as if like for suspense it's kind of funny it's like oh my god <laughs> what are they doing and, oh and i the best insult i've heard so far about season 7 in this episode specifically, is it's becoming game, It's becoming Lord of the Rings.
0: <laughs> it's, the,
1: it's the eagles coming in to save the day. Uh, like, well, oh. we
2: knew it was going to happen. Uh, and so Danny and the dragons show up and save their ass. Uh, but while the dragons are flying around torsion things, um, the Night King has a secret weapon he's been holding back. And one of his generals brings him this ice javelin which he throws with perfect accuracy uh, to take down Viserion. And, uh, yeah, we see a dragon die. And it was pretty harsh. Um, I gotta say, Viserion is not the one we'd... I'd be way, way more bummed if Drogon had gotten taken out. Because Drogon kind of has a personality to me at this point. And I've grown attached to Drogon. But Viserion... He's just been flying in the distance in the background this whole time. So am I sad that he died? Yeah, I I am sad that he died because he's one of only three dragons left in the entire world. But at the same time, not emotionally attached. Um, So he dies and Danny's really upset and everybody on the island is really upset. And John kind of sacrifices himself. Uh, while yelling at Dragon to go 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 because he sees they're getting another ice javelin out to throw a drogon um, and so drogon takes off and they throw the ice javelin and drogon apparently uh, can learn from his mistakes uh because like when braun shot the shot the thing at him with a scorpion, this time he zigzags. <laughs> And it misses him, and I liked that little touch. Uh, but, he ain't no ricken, right? But because he zigzags, uh, Jorah almost falls off the dragon, which is a which is a harrowing moment. They have to pull him back up onto the safety of the the dragon's back, and uh, so they go away. Meanwhile, Jon Snow has fallen through the ice into the lake, and Danny didn't see him resurface. So he might be dead for all they know, but uh, he's not because he's Jon Snow. And he reaches Plot resurfaces, armor. Yeah, plot armor, a mile thick. And uh, he surfaces and uh, drags himself out of the lake. And then. UX machina, Yeah, just, just as the army of the undead <laughs> is about to just <laughs> fucking trample him, Benjamin shows up and says, Here, take my horse. Uh, and sacrifices himself while John gets away.
0: <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and the best, Eric. The best
1: thing is during the fallback, fallback, fallback. <laughs> and, and this guy falls off this little cliff into all the White Walkers, and it's like, well, oh my god, back. <laughs> it was like, who's that? And it's like, oh, it's just a red shirt. And it's like, like you said earlier, it goes, I don't care about the red shirts. <laughs> and they're, they're trying to make it this dramatic moment, and it's like, right, it's a red shirt. We don't even know who this guy. was.
2: I don't, I don't, I don't it know. It was just, I it mean, was, yeah. uh, as always, watching the Dragons Torch shit is awesome, but yeah. almost everything else about this whole battle was just.
1: Now, what? I, I got to say that almost every woman podcaster and writer mentioned how they love Danny's dress and, and how well, they certainly worked and she's wearing different dresses in every scene now, and, and it's pretty cool. Which, it is. Yeah, it's it's a good dress. However, it's Antarctica,
2: basically. And well,
0: it was her. A, what? Uh, uh, it was a,
3: you see, you I, get a better shot of it when she's leaving Dragonstone. It, when it she's reminds, talking to it's, Tyrion. It's definitely a much heavier dress. It's winter is reached down there. There, there, and everyone is now dressing for Well, her. I think that's that's
2: a minor minor nitpick along with everything else that it, in this episode. It,
0: it, you're probably
1: right, but when we I, see, I saw, I saw it a lot in, in 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 the and listened to it a lot in podcasts and and write up. So I just wanted to bring it up. But anyway, when go we
3: ahead. when we saw her get on the dragon, they were in the middle of the conversation about her having made the decision to get on the dragon and fly north so I imagine moments before that, it could have also involved, let me dress appropriately for the occasion. Right. All she
1: needed to do was put on a, a coat like Sansa has all the time in Winterfell.
3: Of course, Sansa.
1: No, because <laughs> I'm, no Sansa, I'm watching the, I'm re-watching the episode as we talk, and they're showing the scene when they're on the balcony and Sansa's in a, in a fur coat. And I'm saying, yeah, that's, that's the coat that Daenerys should have had on.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: By that's the, way, the well, I I'm saying, this I'm this is saying this she, she probably belt. did. She has it on. Just, just, as a, just
2: as a side note, uh, apparently, the way they made a lot of those uh, coats and cloaks for the Winterfell people uh, initially at the beginning of the series, when their budget was shit, uh, was to take rugs from <laughs> IKEA <laughs> and, and turn and turn them into fur cloaks. This and actually actually a recipe. You see you know, that? Well, and that's what I'm, that's where I'm going with this. And apparently, IKEA has published directions. Uh, that they give out with those rugs now. And just like all the other Ikea directions, it's just basically a picture story about how to take one of their fur rugs and turn it into a Game of Thrones cloak. (laughs) And I think that's hilarious. That
1: is hilarious. (laughs) Ikea, your Game of Thrones uh, warehouse. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Roger Cartman would love love Game of Thrones back in those days. (laughs) Right.
2: So John uh, pretty much shows up at East Watch almost dead on the back of Benjamin's horse, and they get the white in the Danny's boat. They get Danny and John in the Danny's boat, and who who all is with them? It's yeah. uh, Well, well, where was the third dragon? He disappeared. That's another complaint. well and and, on the other uh, side of
3: the camera, Phil.
2: Since you've mentioned her several times already, Joanna Robinson had a theory, which is that uh, there's there's a moment where um, the other dragon follows him down as he's dying, um, yep. and then we see him pull up and, and fly away. And she's like, maybe, maybe he fucked off back to Dragonstone with his emotions, and if so, I'm cool with that. Because so they have been hanging out the whole time in the background while Droga ends palling around with Danny, uh, so those two were probably uh, you know best friends. So maybe he was upset and and just went to cry somewhere. I'll go with it. Works for me. <laughs> it works as well as anything else. Exactly. Uh, now, yeah, who is
1: heading back to Dragonstone and who's not? It appears, in my guess, and this is just a complete guess, is the um, uh, Barrack. And Giants being a stand back at East Watch. What
2: about the Hound? And is he on the boat?
1: He's on the boat. Everybody okay. else is on the boat. All
3: right.
1: That's my guess. Mike, would you agree with this statement?
3: I think, see, I don't remember. I don't know about the Hound.
1: But, well, the Hound's leaving um, East Watch, though, right? He's definitely leaving East Watch because he says bye to uh, if he
3: Okay, he, yeah, he thinks, I guess so.
1: Right, so whether he's with Danny or not, he's at least splitting up. So there could be three parties then, right? There the people that stay at Eastwatch, the people that are heading back to Dragonstone, and then there's a possibility the Hound could be going where The Winterfell, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, continue, Mike. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't keep track of who was going where. I'm a, yeah. I like. I don't know where is. I guess Barrack is staying behind.
1: Yeah, I I was surprised he says because that's when the Hound says uh, Barrack says I'll see you soon and and the Hound says hopefully never again you know and not because he's a being a dink he's that's just how he is he's just a funny guy like that Um, I think he likes Barrack but but,
3: uh, what was the line I think you're fake angry or fake uh, that that uh, Tormund says to the Hound oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't know what the exact line. Yeah, is. he basically says, "Because you don't, you, you you have sad eyes. You know, you don't, you're not you're not really a bad person,
1: right? Exactly. And and that's the truth. Whenever the hound says terrible things, it's just him being, you know, the the wise ass that he is, rather than really meaning it. Um, so when he says, "Barrack, I hope I never see you again," um, obviously that means that he is not staying with Barak. So they're splitting up for sure. I mean, and I'm and I'm so I'm guessing that Barrack. Is staying with Giant Spain rather than the Hound staying with Giant Bane.
2: I don't know, but but Giant Spain has to stay to rally the wildlings.
1: Right, and and hold on to the uh, East Watch.
2: East Watch, yeah, yeah, which, which is which not could as, get dicey. Uh, yeah, yeah, if, good if, if Danny's taking the dragons with her, right? Well, well and, I, I got to say though, for for all the flaws that this episode had, I. I really appreciate the fact that uh, there's an Achilles heel for these dragons because up until now it's been, I've been thinking, well, Danny could just go North with her dragons and lay waste to the army of the dead from the sky without any real danger to herself. And it's done, but clearly that's not the case. Uh, So there's, it's, raised the actual danger of the undead army to, from the north, uh, for me at least, because up until the whole javelin throwing, I did not see uh, Danny being threatened at all by this group of undead. Yeah, they didn't have no scorpions. Yeah, so I appreciate the the way that they found a way to even the playing field there. I
1: also um, like the fact that this literally shatters... One of the biggest rumors in the past thirty years, which is since the, the books began, which is there's going to be three dragons and three dragon riders. Well, well, no, there will be. No, but you, you, but you know what I'm talking about. Three dragon riders, meaning on Dandy's side. That,
2: that's, well, that's the tricky thing about prophecies, Phil. Uh, <laughs> it's that usually they're worded very literally and people interpreted them the way they'd prefer to interpret them, and they end up meaning something different.
1: That's an excellent point, Eric. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know that was a prophecy. Was that even mentioned in the book, that there's supposed to be three dragon riders?
2: I, I or, don't recall, honestly. But,
1: but the last time there were three dragons, which was when the Targaryens took over Westeros 600 years prior, there were three dragon riders. It was the brother, two brothers and a sister. Mm-hmm. So I assume they were thinking, everybody who read the books was thinking the same thing, that there was going to be... Three dragon riders with these, and there is, but it's completely different than they expected, as, as you said, Eric. And I, I like that because it shows that the show isn't predictable, or at least, I mean, the, the books. George R. R. Martin's books aren't predictable
0: mm-hmm.
1: because if they were predictable, it was going to be three good guys that were going to be on. The dragons. Though I, I will still
2: say I'm, that
0: the
1: Night King I, is a good guy. He's just misunderstood.
2: I am still not ready to get on that train. But I will say that it's going to be uh, as much as I prefer to keep Drogon out of danger. Uh, if there ends up being a, a Viserian dra- Drogon face off, that's going to be pretty fucking awesome. It will be.
3: Yeah, I, I think uh, they, they gave. Well, it answered the question: Who is going to be the third dragon rider? Well, we think it has. Uh, We're, we're of course, assuming that Jon is number two. right? Well, some
1: some were saying it was Bran, some were saying it was Tyrion.
3: Well, you could still get Bran warging into a dragon, and maybe that's a way around the Ice Dragon. Um, But that will make it easier for others to ride them and control them. Uh, You could get into... you know, maybe Danny doesn't make it all the way to the end, and someone else takes over Drogon. And so, so there's always a possibility that someone else. But at least for the most part, people can be, I would say, eighty percent certain that we know who the three dragon riders are right now.
1: Mm-hmm. At the moment, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, uh, well, well, yeah. And the only one that's questionable is is who is going to be riding the, the the chicken dragon that ran away, because well, obviously the Night King and Danny are the two dragon riders. Now, who's the third?
2: <laughs> Sorry, when you said chicken dragon, I just all of a sudden started picturing this hybrid creature. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, dra- all dragons and are... Those are some fucking uh,
3: wings! Right,
1: Mike? <laughs> all, all dragons are featherless birds.
3: Not, n- not, that's not, necessar- that's, no, not necessarily... <laughs> that's completely false. That's a completely separate thing. <laughs> right, I know, just, I just wanted to be wiser. So, I, uh, well, look. I, I think, look, there's always a chance... <clears throat> You, know, it's, you have to be predictably unpredictable or... like you, you can't have... I don't know. If you end the Game of Thrones with Robin Aaron sitting on the throne...
1: Poor bastard. Oh, that loser. Oh, my God. That would be... So, be...
0: <laughs> but the <this laughs> final word... Made the Batman fly! <laughs> I, yes.
3: I, I think audiences would be rightfully... Uh, pissed off, okay? If you're- <laughs> Imagine that to be in the end. Oh my
0: god, that'd be awesome.
3: You you Sorry. have to find a way to fuck around with people that are within the rules, and the Night King killing the dragon is within the rules. Mm-hmm. Right? It makes sense. Um, They're not suddenly going to kill both Daenerys and Jon next episode. Uh, or right. the episode thereafter. Yeah, there, there's a limit to what you... you can not going to suddenly have the Night King... St- Storm, you know, into uh, into into the, the, the Iron Throne, into the Red Keep, and pull out the Declaration of Independence and a Bill of Rights, and say that would be awesome. It would be stupid. <laughs> that know? would be awesome. So there, there there are limits as to what you can do. You may be able, you can get some nuance to the Night King. You're not going to make him a good guy. Right, and uh, that,
1: would like, be, that, that would be awesome if he became president. He
3: he's murdered way too many people. <laughs> no, no, it,
1: it was during it was battle. It was it was war. He
3: inv- wait, he walked onto Hardhome. The people of Hardhome were just like fishing. They had nothing to do with him. He just No, you're not. You're not. You're not justifying. Unless what they raised his interest rates on his home mortgage. What I mean. <laughs> What anyway. did they do to justify getting slaughtered like that? Anyway. So, there, yeah, there will be twists. And this is a good example of when they tell you something ahead of time, do not expect it to play out the way they expected it to. Mm-hmm. And, and like the scorpion, right, which we thought the, the big crossbow, yep. they tell us this is the thing we're going to use to kill the dragon. We are setting up a thing. We're telling you what we're going to do. We're going to make a crossbow. We're going to use the crossbow to kill the dragon. And it does not go the way they intended it to. But that was setting up what would come next, which was the spear, the night, the spear from the Night King. And that they didn't tell us about, so that we got completely screwed, and, and that blew us away. So all the stuff they're setting up, which is why everyone should be careful about everyone saying how wonderful Danny is, about where Danny may end up going in this storyline. Because they're having way too many people getting ready to bend the knee and having John. And now
2: at this point, speaking of which I was going to say, there's one more scene with uh, John and Danny on the boat where John's basically recuperating from his near death experience. And Danny basically tells him uh, that uh, she's, she's really upset that one of her dragons died because they're her children. She can't have any more children, but she is going to fight the undead army with him and she's glad that she went because she's seen now and you have to see to understand and now she understands um so basically she promises that she's going to help and now even though he doesn't need to anymore because she's already promised to help then John says he's going to bend
3: the knee and uh well his queen and they do have the point brought up uh, was it Torment who brought it up which is how many people died because Mansra was too proud to bend the knee?
2: True. He did have a meaningful conversation. Oh, that was that. a good one.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. That was a Oh, that was a third yeah, we forgot there was five discussions. That that was the fifth one where Torment tells John that story. Yeah, we so I screwed up. I'm sorry, there wasn't four. Was that this five. week
3: or was that last week? That was that was this happened last week. That, oh, was, okay. this that week. was this yeah. week, and that was and that was setting up, I think, that scene. Right. right? Is there, and by the way, another people had brought that up, and which is why also you want to be careful because you don't know what things are going to be addressed in later episodes. All we can do is say, well, for now, these things don't do or do not seem to work. Um, but yeah, so the fact that John is bending the knee now and declaring an alliance and everyone thinks this is going to end up in a happy marriage, don't well, expect
2: it. How happy does anything end up in Westeros?
3: Well, hot pie and at the uh, at the tavern has still worked out really, really well.
1: God bless him. I I
3: I heard he just got employee of the month. Good for hot pie.
1: Good for him. Yeah.
3: (laughs) No,
2: what I I would love to see is uh, John showing up at Winterfell and saying, "I've bent the knee to to Queen Daenerys," and everybody been like, "Oh no, you're king of the North." We will never follow a southerner and then Jan- Danny landing in the courtyard with their dragon, you know, being like, "Yo, what, what, what's up? What you saying?" And they will be like, "Uh, uh nothing."
1: <laughs> well, I think no, is- no they, they could do it a tally and say, "Fuck you," and just accept no. the death. Yeah,
3: they could if they were retarded. Well, i really- give me
1: liberty or give me death, Eric. <laughs> okay. I, I
3: I am really expecting the uh, the the folks from the north to live not- free or die. To not take this well. Yeah. And, and this is also where... They I, are silly people like Phil. Well, this no. is going to no. be where we see what... Um, I ain't going to be run by the red Chinese. Where I think Sansa comes in, right? Because she does give them an alternative. She's sitting there on the throne now. However much she may or may not de- 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 declare that she wants to be there, she is there now. And if suddenly everyone well, says, fuck your, fuck your bastard brother, Jon Snow, we need a true <laughs> Stark who will never kneel to a stupid dragon queen because she's pretty. And since we don't think you're a lesbian because you married the dwarf and you married Ramsay, then we know you're not going to fall for the pretty eyes of the blonde-haired lady from, from Essos. I
2: would agree with that statement. <laughs> well, and there's also the uh, whole... Uh, <laughs> the whole relationship of Don and John and Danny. Uh, I mean, she's his that, and that's got to come into play at some point. It's kind so, of, gross. Uh, it's, it's, it's well, th- no grosser than Jamie and Circe. <laughs> that, that's gross too. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yep. <laughs> well, In anything, I, I would say it's less gross, but anyway, that's the, not the, the point. The point is it's going to come into play. Um, when people start talking about John's place, in the structure of power in, in Westeros.
3: Here's what I think is going to happen. Everything will be resolved. Danny will marry John. They'll be in their bed chambers <laughs> and she'll say, guess what? I'm pregnant. And then Bran will wheel then, in. Then, then Gilly will walk in and goes, Hey, did you know you're his aunt? <laughs> and she'll she'll turn to the camera and do like the Kevin McAllister and Home Alone and you know with their. <laughs> you know that, or she'll just have
2: on roaster.
3: And you know wah, wah wah, and we'll go out, and that's how the series will end.
0: <laughs> wah wah.
3: <laughs> well, again, this is the they don't see they, like uh, you know they they were seeding like the the reigns of Castamir into the storyline. You know, a year before the uh, the red wedding, I know, and they have been talking about uh, incest <laughs> since season one, right? And talking about how bad it is, and they, even where Lady Olena is saying, "Well, we don't mind some buggery, but uh, you know, a brother fucking her sister? <laughs> no, that's bad." And no one ever said it's not like it was aunt and nephew. That's fine. So, <laughs> you know, they, say they, they it was just, fine. I said it was less gross. <laughs> oh, it is? no, I, I no, I <laughs> agree. It's it's less gross. I'm not going to dispute that. But they this has been a plot point in the series since the first season. It's what set everything right, in right. motion. Right. So I don't think they're just. It, I can't imagine they would. I mean, I guess they could say, well, let's not tell anybody. And, and then well, they could end well, with no, man, But, uh, man, but man, I actually no, no, think the
1: whole, the whole thing is, is stupid because ja- with, with Jamie and Cersei's always being. I mean, obviously, it's bad because Cersei's, is, is, in theory, is married to, to Robert at one time. And so that was disgusting. But the Targaryens, for the 600 years prior, had been marrying brother and sister forever.
3: That's true. Right? And, and look God. how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: well, but, isn't it pretty much a public secret at this point? The relationship between Jamie
3: and Cersei? Oh, everybody knows. I mean, I mean everybody was... knows, right? Yeah. The, Nobody talks about it. The but. only one who didn't know was Tywin because he refused to believe it. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah, he he
1: never believed it. Never did.
3: There's disgusting rumors about my daughter. That's
0: right.
1: everybody's We'll, just put, laughing the, at
3: we'll put them to rest. It's like, like by marrying you off to the poofter from from <laughs> the, <laughs> pawns. Tyrell. the pawns. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs>
2: Oh, <laughs> oh boy!
0: God. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, I think that pretty much does it for this week.
1: Yeah, technically you're right.
3: And if not for the, fa- and I would ask, what are your predictions for the final episode? Except it seems some people just can't avoid spoilers online.
2: Right. Uh, I know some stuff. Yo, Eric not all, not all the stuff though.
1: Eric knows as much as me, believe it or not, because he listens to stormer spoilers. I just happen to go on and read the Reddit stuff too.
2: I, I know. I know one thing.
3: <laughs> I know right. one major thing, and that's it.
2: That's right. That's
3: so right. you drink a little, you know one thing. <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> Eric knows <laughs> one thing. That's correct.
3: That's
2: what uh, I know. Do. I, I know a little bit, and I don't drink. All right. Well, I'm not.
1: <laughs> that's a bullshit. You had a, a cool drink at at um, Ruby Tuesdays.
2: that's true i did yes but i will i will mention that's the first mixed drink i've had in oh probably a decade
1: (laughs) and you know you know why that is eric not because you don't drink it's because you're just not getting out enough you got to start going out clubbing dude
2: you got to stop telling me what to do
1: dude well that's true you do what you damn (laughs) well want eric
3: That's that's right even if you're related I, we're uh, all, dude, all brothers. Dude, we're all I've brothers.
2: Got, I've got two brothers that no, that's, no. So you sometimes you make <laughs> dude, do. No, no. Yeah, you make do with what you got,
3: just like North of the Wall. <laughs> well, look, when people say how they, how is it they didn't freeze to death? How is it they didn't freeze to death being out there for four days? They told you at the beginning of the episode: you walk, or you fight, or, or you, you fuck. <laughs> but they told no- us. <laughs> but, we, but,
1: but what about the woman? Do you have that many women? He goes, well, you...
3: there's no women within a thousand miles of here. Well,
2: you make do with what you. Yeah. And I got, God, Tormund has the best fucking eyebrows in the history of mankind because that that line delivery,
3: it's all about the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's true,
1: Eric. That is Oh for God's
3: sakes, the, the 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 gif of him looking at Brienne right. you know on the horse and he's just looking over and it's like that, yeah, that, his that, eyebrows
1: that's, raised, yeah. That's
3: right. Totally the eyebrows and the eyes and you know, it's flamed by fire, framed by fire. So I'm uh, all right, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna make a because I am not spoiled. Okay. I have willpower. I wanna know if I'm right or not for another couple of days. That would be Sunday night. Uh, just to be clear, um, I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say that Winterfell will come to a head. That it'll, it'll more that the Arya Sansa and uh, Littlefinger phase of this game that we're in now will more or less play itself out next week. There will be repercussions for next season, I'm sure. Um. But that'll play itself out. I, I I know there's going to be the big meeting. I have a feeling it's going to be anticlimactic. Yeah, I don't know what, what's going to be accomplished with that meeting, really. Yeah. Uh, because, quite frankly, I think Cersei is too Isn't arrogant crazy? and crazy. And so, what do we care if they're zombies? We have food. We'll wait them out for the winter. You know, there's something like well, that. She, do they, though? Do they? Or did the dragon burn it all? Yeah, they did burn it all. But I, it'll be something where she's, she will not see the light. I, I still think she's going to end up being no, the, she, scorpion, she and the, the scorpion and the frog story. Um, However, she might be smart enough to play along for a little while. So, and I, Well, I had predicted that she was going to die this season. I, I totally recant that one. Uh, I, I'm not going to say I, I didn't make it. I did make it. But I'm saying i was wrong about that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that anyone... I'm trying to think if anyone will die next week. And I'm not thinking anybody will yet. I can't hmm. think of it uh, as far as a significant character. Although, well, you know what? I could very... You know what? I will say this. I could very easily see uh, Castle Black get taken down. I think if we're going to get a final zombie moment you to mean get to watched? rest.
1: No, this can't be happened, Mike. And I'll tell you why. Because the night... I mean the, the others, they they take like forty episodes to move an inch,
3: yeah.
1: so I don't think they're going to make it. To yeah, Black but, but,
3: yeah. yeah, but yeah, but they, they're going to have the dragon now, which gives them the special time warping power.
1: Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm in. I'm in, Mike. Yeah. So they, I could, could now it could they, it could they be, got the beam me up, Scotty thing going. All right.
3: right now it could be it could be East It could be Castle Black. I'll go either one, but I'm actually going to flip it and and say I'm putting my money on Castle Black as a as a. Oh, as no. a
1: I don't want to to see Ed dead. I don't want to see Ed dead.
3: Well, but here's the thing. People say, well, why didn't they just kill the entire army? Why do we think the entire army is in one location?
1: Oh, that's a fair point. Oh, that's a... Okay, I'll
3: give you that one. Couldn't couldn't this be sort of a head fake like Rob Stark did back, you know, with... Yeah, with
1: Jamie, yeah. yeah.
3: Jamie, and that's how they captured Jamie, is they said, we're going here, and they really went there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That's good.
3: Or like Jamie did with... with, uh, with what do you call with uh, Castle Lee Rock versus Highgarden?
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. The Night Kings as smart as those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's un- misunderstood. Yeah. All right, I'm with you, Mike.
3: Just a thought. All right,
1: me, Eric. The Night King is a, a good man.
3: Uh, and, and and you know what? I'd like to see Tyrion make make a joke or two. Uh, it's it's he's a, he's a little too dour of late.
2: I would like to see Tyrion come up with a plan that works. He sucks.
0: I know. Let's, let's not push it.
3: Well it is, and I've heard and I have heard people and I can't disagree completely. He so, said you remember when you know he was the reason you watched the show. And now I know the character is uh, not not
1: not for me. Not for yeah, me. I know. Sorry. You were
3: always watching watching Sansa. Um, but for a lot of people he was the thing about the show. Well, and now he's you know, not only, he's not funny. And nope. he's not smart. <laughs> you know, nope. he's, he's not doing all that well. Now, he's been beaten down really pretty badly. So I'll I'll grant them that, you know, that some of that's there, but you know, his entire personality can't change.
1: But but well you gotta th- think this too, Mike. A lot of the characters now are are, are more prominent and as likable. Um, you know, I mean, whenever Jamie or Braun are on screen, I mean I, I love those guys compared to Tyrion. And whenever um um, uh, you know, I mean, any of those well, guys. I mean, with Billish in season four and five, he was fucking awesome and, and six, you know? So, I mean, these guys, I, I think people just caught up to him is what it is.
3: Yeah. He could still be witty.
1: I mean, even Rob Stark, I liked in, in season two. Uh, it was season three that he was a dumbass. And then, um, John Snow, I've always liked, uh, uh, obviously Sansa. I mean, everybody's liked Arya. Uh, you know, you go on Ned Stark. He was great. You know, so I think there was always other characters. It's just that now other characters have caught up.
3: Yeah, maybe. I just don't. Keep, I don't think he's had. He has nearly had much to do, which is reasonable. But it would be nice if his advice at some point turned out to be fairly, you know. Effective. Well,
1: I'll tell you what happened, Mike, and I, this is honest. The moment he left Castle Rock and the land, not Castle Rock, King's Landing and the Lannisters was the downfall of Tyrion as a good character. In my opinion, I yeah, love them. them until he let, he he killed his father. And then after that, his character has been terrible. I'm sorry. Go on, Mike.
3: Well, yeah. Well, it's not that he killed his father. It's that he's.
1: No, no. He, but that, at that moment was when the character changed because he left that his whole whole storyline changed.
3: Right. Because, you, well, you need conflict. He doesn't have real conflict anymore.
2: Uh, and, the, and the character didn't change. His situation changed.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. That's what I mean. It is once his storyline changed or situation as you call it, Eric, that's when he went his character became not as good. Because with the because first when he, he was
2: when he was in King's Landing with a support structure, right. and a family or when he
1: was with Bronn with Podrick.
2: I right. mean, when he and was with
1: all those people, he was Bronn
3: awesome. Podrick, uh, Viserys. He also would frequently interplay with Joffrey, his father.
1: Oh, uh, yes.
3: Jamie, Cersei.
1: Yeah. And those characters are all great. I mean, you know, you may not like the characters, but Joffrey was awesome. And Cersei's is awesome. I mean, they were great. They're great characters. Joffrey's
2: honestly one of the best bad guys ever. on.
1: Oh, my God. He was so awesome. Rewatching these last three seasons. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But yeah, once he left that
3: situation. They're all mine to torment. Right? When, she, when Tyrion says she's you know, Sansa's no longer yours to torment, he says she, they're all mine to torment. <laughs>
0: oh, that oh, a oh, psycho. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> he was such a fucking psycho. I mean, <laughs> Phil,
2: Phil, you're always talking about what a psychopath Arya is joffrey had her outdone by a factor
3: of 10
1: oh well dude the best line when, when he says i want rob stock's head so i can serve it to Sansa for dinner and then his mother says oh you're just kidding he goes no no, no i'm no. serious
3: I want to serve." oh my god yeah he, that's
2: what he was put to bed
3: what a cruel little bastard he was and yeah well so well that's the difference aria's not cruel like she didn't want to kill the actress Right? She, right, her list, right, like, because right, right. like, I, I realize this watching it, and because you had uh, not Podrick, Gendry say it to her, and you had brought this up in the past. Why didn't she name Tywin Lannister? Why didn't she name jo- uh, Joffrey? Although Joffrey,
1: or, or even the Hound at that point, because she was well, still pissed at the Hound.
3: But right, it's well because she was focusing mostly on people that were there, and but Tywin wasn't on her list at the time. And is the reason, All right, let's yeah, some but, the, next but, week. but I was saying, but the thing is, Arya goes for the people that have personally done damage to her. Oh, Either actually, by, you're by right. T- Tyron,
1: Tyron was never on the list. I don't think he, he no, was he, on the list, he, ever.
3: he he was after the Red Wedding because after the oh, Red Wedding, he killed yeah, right. he killed yeah. uh, Robb Stark. Yeah. So, it, so you have to have done something to her or her family to have gotten on that list.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Or, or, or in, in the case of the Hound, the the Butcher's boy.
3: Right, so she's never thought big pictures. She's always thought very very small, very personal.
1: Yeah, all right, that makes sense. Yep.
3: All right, let's wrap it up.
1: All right, yeah, all right, that's good. That's good. We'll talk about all that cool stuff after me and Mike rewatch the first six seasons. Um, we'll have some of that to discuss on the, f- the last episode of, of You Know Nothing, John Snow, until we regroup in a year.
3: I don't know if I'm going to have time to get everything in in the next week, but I'll, I'll get a little further.
2: You're acting like you have something else to do.
3: I do. <laughs> I, I, I actually have. I have to start school in a, a week from tomorrow, and I have done way. absolutely nothing to prepare for
2: School's it. School, schmool.
1: Mike, if if you're willing to podcast on your birthday, you got nothing better to do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I also have to see uh, Terminator Two in 3D sometime this weekend. Oh,
2: cool. Oh, Terminator. Terminator
3: two is re-released, if you look in your, your listings, it's got got re released this weekend, and I don't know if it's going to go into next week, but the James Cameron redid it all in three D. Yeah. Oh,
2: of course he did.
3: Of course it, he did. But nevertheless, yeah. you can see Terminator two on screen. <laughs> I, and, I honestly know can do three the one the the guy that we know can do three D well is Jim Cameron.
1: I'm not I'm not uh, uh, that's I'll give you that, Mike. That's true. I'm not a big fan of that movie myself, but I'm in the minority, I admit it. You are. The, the first awesome one movie. is the first one is awesome. I love the first one, but the yeah. second one I the second I, I, one's I
3: would, even better. No, that's heretic. It's it's not, I don't think it's better, <laughs> but it's 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 a it's really good.
1: Well, I won't go that
3: far. All, All right. right. All,
2: All right. right. Yeah. All right. Thanks All for right. tuning in and listening to us talk about uh what the hell is it called now? <laughs> Episode uh, six. Death, of death season seven. Death
1: is the enemy or beyond the wall.
2: Beyond the wall. Thanks for listening to us talk about Beyond the Wall. We got two uh, more. Along episodes. with a bunch of other stuff. Uh come back next week, we'll discuss the season finale.